All right, welcome everybody to the Break the Rules stream. I am your humble host, Lev Polyakov, at LevPo on Twitter, and we have a wonderful show for you tonight. We're going to have more guests coming in. We have with us Lyndon Perry, a.k.a. Hypocrite. We have James Healy, a.k.a. MK Ultra Money, wearing his beautiful Pit Viper glasses. We have Oren McIntyre back in the house with us. We have Daniel Id... Please say your surname. Say it again. Idfresne. Ifrezne, welcome Daniel. Thank you so much for coming in today. And we have the great Giovanni Panacchietti. Welcome everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, Lyndon, thank you so much for coming in. Let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself, why you got started. Why do you call yourself I Hypocrite? Uh, yeah, what's popping blood got together for you? And everybody, don't forget to subscribe, subscribe, and keep subscribing. I am a relentless shell because I believe in the show, and I believe in bringing people together. Anyway, oh. Oren, let us also start with you now. Let us talk about what you have been up to lately in your life, in your videos, because Lyndon does not want to talk about himself. So go for it, my friend. Oh, no. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, I just did, uh, let's see. Uh, just had the interview with um, uh, Pedro Gonzalez. Uh, that was uh, a good one. I think a lot of people will enjoy that. Uh, so people might want to go and check that out. And then uh, what else did I do? I had the video on uh, the myth of the secular state. Uh, and then my last one I just did was the one uh, about the, uh, the discourse about uh, exposing children to uh, kink at pride parades. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that, that's been my last last couple since I think I've been on. Excellent. And this is something, Lyndon, that uh, concerns you as well. You had that video you did with Mr. Girl recently. and uh, We had well, our own terrible experience with Mr. Girl, so that was, uh, <laughs> yeah, not good. <laughs> so can, I, what can I ask you guys something? I just, I'm just out of curiosity. When I said got together for you, did that invoke any kind of like reaction or thought process at all in your in your mind? Like what no. were you thinking when you heard me say that? Well, it was certainly avant-garde. It was uh <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm not really sure uh, what to make of that. Like I'm just particularly interested in uh, your life, Lyndon why you do what you do, why you make these videos, and uh, how exactly you want to... Uh, uh, do you want to change the culture? Do you want to uh, just... Uh, I mean, let me know. I'm very, I'm very curious about you in general. Uh, all right, so, yeah, I do videos about stuff like that. I, I recently did a video about some LGBT stuff, which I got a hate speech strike for. So I have two strikes on my channel right now. I'm currently suspended as well. I'm on a two-week suspension, so I can't post anything. Um, I My channel has been permanently banned twice, but they've revoked that decision twice and or reinstated the channel. I've been completely demonetized twice, but had the, the monetization put on. Again, total, I've had like close to 20 strikes i can't really count because i deleted them out of the library which i kind of regret now because i wish i knew what like the actual running total was at this point it's funny because every time you get a strike youtube sends you an email where they are like 
Okay, so, all right, so you got a strike. What happens now? Well, look, first of all, don't freak out because 99.8% of people who get a strike never get a second strike. And I always say that to you every time. And I'm like, okay, I get it. You're trying to tell me I'm retarded. I get it. Um, but, but yeah, so I'm probably in like the top percentile of people who have like a number of total strikes, but I still haven't lost the channel. Uh, so you could say I like to break the rules now and then. Oh, he mm. said it. He said it. Not only do you like to break the rules, but you like to break the audio. Your audio is incredibly loud. Would there be any way that you can uh, make it lower? Uh, yeah, let me see what I can do here. Thank you. And we got the great, my friend, Versaloon. I love you, man. Thank you so much for coming in. We had a wonderful time at James's party, so James's true. birthday party, and Verse seeing Verse in the flesh. I mean, you are much taller than I expected Let's you to go. be. And, Make sure that uh, they yes. know that I'm not a manlet. Exactly. I, I get a lot of yeah, I was surprised. I always thought you were a manlet for some reason. No, exactly. So you're tall, you you hate Mog Lev. It was amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm... <laughs> But now, I, now I, let, let's get back to the man of the hour. Let's get back to Lyndon. Lyndon, you are an atheist. You do not believe in God. Do you think that uh, if you were, if you were to, do you assume that there may be some kind of karmic justice in the world, regardless of there not being God, or do you generally just believe that this is all just a uh, complete randomness and there is no point to this? Because you did make a video about searching for meaning, looking at Jordan Peterson's work, for example. Like, where are you now when it comes to what you derive meaning of life from? And would you give anything towards karma at all? I'm no longer an atheist. I converted to Christianity. Uh, like, oh, no, now your audio is very based. Tight. I heard a, I heard something really based out of it. So how did you convert to Christianity? And uh, tell us about that. How how is that? Is that you're okay? perfect? Perfect. Yes. All right. Um, so my, I married a Christian girl. I had been dating a Christian girl before too, and she had sort of. Um, how, how can I put it? Like made me look at it in a less bad light. Uh, that's worded awkwardly, but you get what I'm saying. And, uh, then I, that relationship didn't work out, but then I met my wife who is a Christian and her family is Christian and they're all like great people. And so I started going to church with her and that's how I converted. But uh, when you converted, do you actually have a belief in God, or is this something that you do for the sake of your uh, uh, your loved ones? Belief in God is a tricky one, but I mean, for for what it's worth, I pray as if God is listening. I I've, and I feel like someone is listening when I'm doing it. Like I feel like it's probably the end. I'm talking to someone, so. <laughs> That's about as good of an answer as I can give on that. If if I think about it too hard, it it's mm. I start to like. Are, question are you there more things, for the you know? morality that it provides, or are you there uh, more spiritually? I I mean I would probably say spiritually, but I am aligned with the morality as well. But I don't think you need to be Christian to have that morality. I I basically already had. The Christian morality, and I before I converted, and I had a whole secular framework to explain it, which was like natural law and the good life and, and virtue and stuff like that. And it is, it all works out to basically the same thing in the end. And uh, you were a prolific, I would say, 
one of the most prolific Twitter posters just through uh, screen caps and uh, sharing of tweets alone, you've managed to sort of create an art, an art form out of um, let's say staring into the abyss. Um, but you do, I, I truly believe that you're doing God's work by what you're doing. Um, there, there is, I mean, just scrolling through your Twitter page, there's such a, um, a delightful smorgasbord of cringe and uh, terrible people with terrible opinions that want to do terrible things to people like us. And uh, I think, th what is your motivation? Like, I mean, what, what is, um, what, what keeps you going? Like after just taking on this burden of really like doing this sort of cartography of the decline of the West, if you will, what keeps you going? What keeps you sane in some ways? I, I mean, it's a mix for me. Like, it's mostly fun. Like, I like I find a lot of that shit funny. You know, what I mean? like, yes. I, like it, like it legitimately just makes me laugh. So, and and Twitter is like easy. Like, it's low effort. I've been cutting back a little bit on my my Twitter time lately. Like, I've noticed my like my monthly tweets are down about half of what they used to be. But that's just just spend like Twitter can can. You can be a real time sink, you know, and oh, yeah. I've, I've started to appreciate that. So I spend a bit less time on there, but like I also every Sunday and I've been doing this for like four years now, I, I do a show called you can't stop progress, which is almost just like the video version of my Twitter feed. It's just a bunch of clips of fucked up shit going on. <laughs> and, and that is like significantly more work to sit down every Sunday and like make a video. It, it feels more like a job that part, but I make a little bit of money. So that helps keep me going. And we, I do like a, a watch party live stream of the show. And that is really fun because everybody's watching the video and commenting. So we have a good time doing that. Uh, if anybody wants to check that out, it's currently on my odyssey channel so we find my odyssey which i have linked on like my twitter bio and my youtube and that and uh because I, I do stream it on youtube sometimes but not when i have two strikes on my channel because it's a kind of a risque thing yeah. so so but yeah it's fun like i have fun so that's what keeps me going and uh what do you see different today versus when you started like how how long were you uh doing all these videos uh for approximately I, I originally started blogging and that was about six years ago and then about six months after i started blogging i started making videos so i've been doing youtube for about five and a half years and i've changed in some ways i've moved more to the right more so i used to be like fucking like this is so cringe but like I'm like fiscally conservative, socially no. liberal, you know, <laughs> like we, all, we were all libertarians. You know, our, our, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Or whatever, like the enlightened centrist kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like that's how I started off. And now I'm a, I'm a lot more like I'm a conservative. I, I think that people need to have moral standards that are higher than what are, is generally set in this sort of liberal framework that we're, that I was raised in that presumably we're all more or less raised in on a social level, if, if not a familial one. So, Th that's so I've changed that way as far as like the culture changing in that it, it hasn't changed that much over the last five years. I think shit's, shit's getting a bit crazier in some ways, but it's, it hasn't changed that much. That, that's a good jumping off point. I wanted to talk about, um, cause I, I've watched quite a few of your videos and to me, like, uh, for example, 
when I'm doing a, a wood engraving or I'm doing uh, something, it's like, if you just want to like relax and uh, bask in uh, someone who's uh, doing this, uh, this categorizing of all of these <laughs> terrible things, um, you have your voice and, and your presentation style. It's very, um, it's, it's very like easy, not easy listening because what you're doing is in a lot of ways, very hard. But what I mean is um, your videos are quite uh, in some ways therapeutic in some weird crazy sort of way um but what i wanted to talk about was the recent video actually now that you've mentioned the liberal moral framework that um that Oren here did uh, but and i and it was uh, one of his shorter videos and he was talking about how essentially the framework of let's just call it for you know easy you know for the ease of it like liberal modernity in terms of, you know, very, uh, you could say libertine and standoffish consent-based quote-unquote ethics and morality and how it's almost impossible to truly argue things such as, uh, why, why do you think that children should not be sexualized? For instance, it's almost near impossible to give um, a, a true, like uh, a true answer to people who have this like framework of consent and, uh, you know, legal positivism and, and uh, materialism. And I, I think it's, it's difficult because we lack that sort of gut level repulsion that has informed our morality for centuries. So it, it, maybe you can get in on this and then maybe Oren, you could explain your video if I'm butchering it or not. I don't know. It, it is difficult. And it's, it's the problem. One of the main problems I'm trying to attack and I'm taking a lot of different angles to try to do what I can, what little I can. I have my sex wars show where we kind of talk about these sorts of cultural issues. And I'll, I'll urge like people almost every episode, like you got to stop watching porn. You got to, you got to like go to the gym, the, these kind of things I think on an individual level make a big difference. And then uh, I, one thing I've been doing on Twitter a lot, some of you guys might have seen is I, I call it depression checking. Uh, take somebody who is posting about their only fans or how they love communism or whatever the fuck it is. And then, and then show how they're tweeting about their de crippling depression and suicidal ideation and shit like that. And just by like repeating that over and over and over, I'm trying to drive home to people that, this this like way of looking at the world isn't healthy. There there was that one where she said uh, you should have a slutty phase. It builds character. Um, but I, it would behoove us, of course. Uh, there there's a matter of I guess. I mean, what what the fuck is journalistic integrity? Like, who cares nowadays? But let's just say for the sake of it, um, let me just ask you the immediate criticism. Do you feel that? Um, just you know, again, I'm just doing this to be you know devil's advocate. Do you feel that by doing this that you're somehow like a-logging and uh, making fun of these people and pushing them over the edge? Or do you feel that it generally does do a service to sort of break people out of their complacency? Because I notice every time a lot of people accuse you, and if I mean, James is not here. He's probably grabbing a drink. But James, they accuse him with his uh, Count Women posting owls. They accuse you people of um, like being uh, vicious trolls and, and tearing people down. Uh, but I mean, I don't know, because these people say a lot of evil things. So I know what, like, what do you think of the criticism of what you're doing as being this sort of uh, vicious form of bullying? Yeah. What is a logging exactly? Oh, sorry. I'm, yeah. It's an internet term. It came from Chris Chan. It means like someone who is um, like aggressively and negatively trolling someone that's yeah. It came from the whole 
Kristen Weston Chandler thing. So yeah, I think it's a fair criticism. And I mean, I these are things that I do like now that I'm trying to be a better Christian, I do think about stuff like that. And is it is it right in that? My my viewpoint is that I'm trying to make like make an example of these people to help other people, which is something that I've believed in for a long time is like, like I believe like strongly in like the idea of like stigma and social shaming, you know, the, this, this, cause that's one of the big pushes that we've seen over the last 10 years is like, don't shame this. Don't shame that, you know, don't kink shame, don't slut shame. Yada, yada. And it's like, people need to have a little fucking shame. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> a little shame. But, yeah. yeah. So, so I, you know, I don't know. Is there an argument I should block more people's names out? Is there, is there better approaches? Maybe, you know, I don't know. I, want I to mean, if you, you do it. Real quick. Hold on, one at a time. Let's go to Daniel, then let's go to Verse. Daniel, what do you have to say? And we also have Zero Ooh, HP Zero Lovecraft Oh, and we have a super us. chat we'll read after from yes, Prudentialist, who is another great YouTuber. And also, by the way, guys, follow Daniel's uh, channel. I am going to link it into the chat right now. Daniel is a very uh, uh, enterprising dude, uh, a very big fan, as I found out today, of Thomas Sowell. And uh, I think that you would agree with uh, Lyndon's position on a lot. But uh, let us go to your question, Daniel. Uh, go for it. And all the new people who are watching this, don't forget to subscribe, subscribe, and keep subscribing. Daniel, go for it, my friend. Well, I, I think I think the A-logging, as you call it, is totally fair. I mean, I think there's this idea that you can be sort of a public figure. And in, in, in a sense, everybody's a public figure nowadays when you're on social media. And then become angry when somebody else points out a problem with your worldview. Uh, there seems to, they they seem to think that the the safe spaces that they're allotted in their universities and whatnot uh, exist in social media as well. And the reality reality is, it is a cruel world. Unfortunately, for you've been taught by your teachers that it's important to have views without being able to reason and being able to understand that worldview. You've put it out and. I think uh, Lyndon has every right to point it out and say, hey, you have this view. Look, you're also depressed. This is a problem. And this is something that we shouldn't have to subscribe to. And Lyndon is also right. You know, there, there's, there has been a big push to eliminate all sorts of shame. But the reality is shame is very important when building moral character. I mean, it's, it is a mechanism of society that has existed for millennia for since the beginning of time when you need to uh, educate your child that child needs to feel shame for lying or for doing an improper act if they don't feel shame then there is no improvement and so yes we there there needs to be i guess a reintroduction of shame and 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 a re uh, and you talked about this a bit before, Gio, about um, this sort of, I guess we've we have the gut feeling, but we're unable to articulate it. You know about uh, we have this gut feeling, but we're unable to articulate it. That is a result of us living in a society without truly understanding why we have certain laws and certain rules. And now, when that is being attacked, we have the gut feeling. Because we know it's right, but we cannot articulate why it's wrong. And that's a that is a reflection of how poor our education system is in, uh, in Western society. Mm -hmm. Well, shame is definitely a big part of that. I think another big part of it is being able to stand up where 
On the other hand, there are a lot of people today, as we talked about before, who get uh, shamed because they happen to belong to a certain civilization that, with critical race theory and all that stuff, gets cast in the shade and talked about as being the worst of the worst. And other things that happen where people feel like they can get uh, stepped on and stepped over and they should just take it instead of saying, you know what, fuck you, you're a fucking asshole, and uh, I hope that you uh, choke on the banana or orange that you're going to eat later on for breakfast you piece of shit so sometimes people need to do that spicy well we will go to verse uh, but we have one man here who had i remember this was a few years ago wrote a prolific thread uh among his dozens of prolific thread hundreds of prolific threads about shame that is of course my good friend zhp but verse you had something to say then we will get to zhp and uh yeah I honestly don't remember anymore, but uh, <laughs> no, he's oh, but his point about like the society and shame and like the superego essentially is uh is is valid. You need to have like a we a lot we codify laws and stuff, but a lot of it is from social norms, right? We codifying social norms that already exist on like from a grassroots level, and that comes from social pressure and shame and stuff, which is why you shouldn't shy away when you have like strong beliefs because you have to add your you have to influence the public discourse. And people shying away because they don't because they feel like I don't know your enemies don't shy away is all I'm saying. But anyway, the, thing, the, the idea that the left do not believe in shame is a total facade. It is the fakest argument I've like ever heard because they will shame you for being white. They will shame you for not agreeing with their beliefs. So there's a level of shame. There's a moral code to the left, the postmodern left that we see right now. It's just that. They usually hide that absolutism under a, a, a veneer of, hey, we're tolerant. Hey, and you hear this a lot, you know? Oh, like the left say they're tolerant, but they're really not. And that's really that at play. They have shaming mechanisms because they have a moral code. And that moral code stands in opposition to the current contemporary moral code of the West. Of the West. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. What do you think, Lyndon? I uh, well said. I agree. But uh, but Oren, uh, maybe explain your video. Are you there, Oren McIntyre? Aurora Borealis McIntyre, are you there? Yeah. Oh, oh and we got two, and we got ten dollars from Super Iron Bob. So thank you, the great Super Iron Bob. And I'm going to read the earlier super chat later on. But Super Iron Bob says the entirety of the MPC ethos PMC is built professional upon, PMC. Oh, thank you. PMC ethos is built upon and defined by shame. It is the key ethic. The no kink shaming is actually a product of disgust on the primary weapon of social enforcement and being misapplied. Yeah, it's a, it is a weird inversion in a way. I mean, I, I said this for years now. I remember one time there was this article from, uh, I think it was the Huffington Post about this, uh, what was the verse? What, what are these people called? A baby daddy dom? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the DDLGs. Yeah. Daddy dom, it, little girls. Yeah, but it was weird because I was reading this to my friend. We were going to do this live stream, and it's like almost like in a weird way a uh, a hideous malformation and an inversion of what a traditional sort of masculine patriarchal marriage looks like. But it's like codified within like the contract. Because I, I think a lot of this comes from the BDSM people, where they they love the the rules and the contracts and the consent forms, and it's all this. Uh, this nonsense from that one film 
Um, the one that the Fifty Shades ripped off from, I believe Default Friend in her podcast uh, covered that film with James Spader, where it's like the BDSM. Uh, but yeah, so so Oren, what do you think about BDSM? Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that transition. You're, you're very kind. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, no, yeah, like you were asking about the video earlier, it was basically just um, me, me ex- saying that, you know, you, you saw people having this discussion kind of slowly building on Twitter of, you know, well, it's pride month, you know, kink is part of pride, you know, should it be out there? Cause they're obviously pushing this idea that, you know, it's a family event too. And, you know, kids should come and learn tolerance. And, and so you saw this uh, kind of developing and, and then it kind of, it came to a head with that Washington post headline of yes, of course, you know, kink should be part of pride and I want my kids to see it. It's an important part of them like growing up. And, uh, and, and while a lot of people got outraged at it, and it's good, that's exactly what you should have, um, you immediately start, started to see people like moving to integrate uh, like that discussion into the current moral framework. And like, how do we explain why this is bad? How do we explain why this doesn't work? And the answer is you don't. Because if you have to explain to someone why a five-year-old shouldn't be exposed to like BDSM at a pride parade... Uh, then something fundamentally has broken inside you. Like you don't function as a moral human being properly. Uh, And that's not something that you just stack up a bunch of like philosophy to fix, right? Like it's not that there aren't logical arguments. It's not that there aren't like studies that show what this does to children and what better. It's just that people who don't immediately have an adverse and disgust reaction to that um, aren't going to be able to follow those arguments. They're, they're, they're not going to be convinced. Uh, and when you have those discussions, you're simply opening yourself up to then start making uh, concessions uh, when, when, when you start to have that conversation. And that's exactly what you could see happening as people attempted to engage it. You, you really have these things that are taboos. And the, the key to a taboo is no one's supposed to touch it because if you touch it, uh, it could just kill you. It could just wipe out your society. Uh, and, and like sexualizing ch- young children is supposed to be one of those things. Uh, there is no discussion about it. You, you can't have a rational discussion about it. And if you attempt to have a rational discussion about it, you will lose because to have the discussion is to lose it. This well, it's very, de- evil. it's very reductionistic. I mean, the, the live stream that, that uh, I hypocrite did with Mr. Girl, I mean, it was the same tactic. I mean, when he was on our show, uh, which I deeply regret. I wish we would have done that one, but uh, I, <laughs> but I don't regret Fed posting on that one. I don't regret that. But um, the the sort of very reductionistic and uh, like it, it's almost like this uh, this weird mutation of new atheism where it's like, well, if you break it down to its composite parts, don't you think that children have a childhood uh, sexuality and a Kinsey Freud? And then you basically go from there uh, and and you proceed into like these really strange conclusions. Um, and by the way, Stephen Pinker was on the flight log. So uh, that that just says it all right there. No, Gio, um, I want to have Stephen Pinker as a guest. So, oh, no, uh, that'll never. That'll... <laughs> um, and by the way, five U.S. dollars and zero HP Lovecraft is coming back. Five U.S. dollars from Fire Rises. And we also have the earlier Super Chat, which I'm, which I'm going to read. But Fire Rises says a good first step would be to make free porn illegal. Uh, it would help to prevent kids from seeing it as much uh, and prevent casual porn consumption. But as far as stuff like that goes, does that not develop a black market like that? You literally has been can't my biggest... do that. It's, yeah. it's a digital property online. It will be immediately torrented. It'll just create. We've tried to do um, 
elite, like uh, paywalls online. They, they don't exist. There's no such thing as an online paywall. You can kind of NFT. I guess you could NFT porn, but even still, it's not. You can't. I, make I a don't paywall like online. this. This like it's a futile thing to try. I think that you're you're not going to get it down to zero. But if you can get less kids looking at porn, mm-hmm. and there's some steps you can take to do that, you should take. Those no, steps. I agree with that. Like I no, I like this idea of like trying to create a barrier, but that particular solution won't work just because of the nature of technology. Like that's just not. That's, well, what that direction is wrong. Is right, well, London, what there's solution certain do you kids think who work? can go to Pornhub and and put in you know anal gangbang in the search bar or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And some of those kids aren't going to go to a torrent site and, True, yeah. and download a torrent client. You know what I'm saying? I agree with that. Also, like, they sh- they really do need to, but, like, we could start, like, even with, like, Twitch. Like, you know, they just have the Indie Fox thing or, like, YouTube where they, like, were literally soliciting new hires to uh, OnlyFans with their reflings. Like, we could start with, like, the basic things. Like, let's first remove grooming, which you could very easily do. Let's first, like, you know, there are a lot of the, uh, what's the word, like, the gateways for children aren't even being monitored monitored as as a legal matter yes you, one can make the argument that uh trying to outright ban porn is a a futile matter or a an extremely hard uh thing to deal with but the the true crime here is how there's no cultural uh cultural uh backlash against allowing kids to watch porn at the rate that they are right now and the fact that we have a culture that allows those kids to go down a rabbit hole because it first starts with the TikTok and uh, the teenage girls that they see every single time when they scroll down on TikTok, then it goes to the the, the Twitch streamers, all all the um all the uh, e girls who are getting all the views from guys, not because they can play well, but because they just like looking at their face. And then it goes to OnlyFans, and it and it get, we have literally allowed a culture, we have produced a culture that allows children to go down the rabbit hole, and then once they reach that point point X which is the point that nobody wants to reach. We ask, how did this happen? Let's use the legal system. That's not how it works. Again, like like mentioned before, the legal system law is a reflection of a culture. And so there needs to, there needs, we need to regain that cultural backlash to people starting OnlyFans, to people doing these things, having, I mean, literally soft porn is everywhere. There is, there uh, anywhere a child will go the inevitable destination will be porn up will be porn sites it will be hard porn because we have essentially sexualized every single level of our culture from music to social media everything and so we need to start there we need to start from the top we can't just say oh and this is something that conservatives are they're i mean guilty of definitely guilty of they allow concessions, allow uh, cultural inches, and the left take a mile, and then we reach point X. Oh my God, look, look where we are. Now anybody can turn to any gender they want. How can, how can this happen? Let's pass a law to stop people from going into the, the wrong bathroom. No, we have to start culturally. As a legal matter, yes, it could be futile, but definitely as a cultural matter, we, there is a lot we have to do. 
And by the way, we have a five, and that was really well said, Daniel. We have a five dollar Canadian dollar, which is just as good. Uh, it's not just uh, as from, good. Don't believe his lies. From cat, fr from the great cat girl milk. So I don't know, Lyndon, if you're interested in the uh, cat girl milk. Cat girl girl milk is incredible. It fills you up with a lot of energy, and oh, you gosh. just become the life of the party after you drink cat girl milk. So I highly recommend it. Anyway, the super <laughs> chat is a paywall represents a barrier that the larger part of the population lacks the technological knowledge to get around i mean that case could be made for the internet and large where we actually did have a certain amount of uh uh you know knowledge people had to gain before going there so you could say that uh with social media today the internet may be a lot worse off in terms of the actual people who get to you know spout whatever views they have versus people who actually had to get through uh you know a, a certain wall climb well, listen, through a certain I, like area. i agree with you but here's for example like i guess my point is that you can make a more practical that more effective solution like i mean i don't want to advocate right now for like blockchain ids but like we already have social security number right so like mm. you could very easily tie a person's true like verified age and use that as an entry point to a website like they can make that happen tomorrow if they really wanted to right so and that you can't get around that because it's verified on the blockchain right you don't unless you can like fake ids but that's actually hard so i just think there's there are very practical solutions that with modern technology that are actually basically foolproof. Which, I have, a, really I have my a question for you. Do, do yeah. you think we should have a digital bill of rights? Uh, no, because human rights are kind of fake, but I think to some extent, like... The more no. you create rules, the more freedom you actually limit. There should not be any bills of rights. There should not be any declarations of rights. There should be no document guaranteeing anyone any rights. Because as soon as you do that, you actually codify negative freedom. You actually codify restrictions. Anything that's not explicitly permitted becomes forbidden. So no, there should not be digital bills of rights. And Zero HP, how would you handle the uh, problems people are bringing up uh, regarding pornography today? I think there is no easy answer here. What Daniel identifies regarding a sort of a ramp from TikTok all the way to OnlyFans or what have you is certainly real. Um, banning TikTok is one interesting option. Something I find sort of fascinating is that South Korea actually banned all production of pornography. Uh, perhaps they still do. Mm. And so what they did instead was they generated K-pop. K-pop could only arise in a country where it's illegal to produce pornography. Yeah, which is worse now that you think about it? Was it worth it? I mean, K-pop definitely seems to have a, a worse effect uh, than pornography. So, K-pop is every, an ideological I hate every K-pop stand where uh, I know plenty of normal people that uh, watch pornography. So, lesser of the two evils is probably important. As someone who's never uh, listened to K-pop and just seen the subculture from the outside, my only impression of it, uh, pretty cursory, but it just seems pretty creepy. Yeah, is that like, Grip Shop it? by the way? There it is. That grip is. Shop. Yeah, grip Shout out to the motherfucking house. Rock my white boy summer merch. The first time Grip Shop has been on. Respect. It is. 
Yeah. I think so. Yes. Welcome, the great nice. and powerful Grift Shop. Thank you so much for coming in, brother. And I want to ask you about porn, but also I want to say one quick thing about South Korea, which I found out from this guy who married a South Korean uh, lady and he lives there. He says that they don't want to advertise this to all the foreigners, but South Korea has a lot of prostitution and it's perfectly accepted there. And you could just like go into, you know, any, uh, you know, decent looking place and there's going to be this lady there who's going to like, you know, be like a caddy for you. I, un I unironically think that's better than China, Japan, like all of the Asian countries pretty much are yeah. fine with pornography. MPS is much healthier than, sorry, with prostitution. It is much healthier than pornography in a lot of ways because it's not one to many. It doesn't derealize yeah. the sex act. It doesn't alienate you from sex. Instead, it it's immediate. It's transactional. It doesn't alienate you from your own body and from actually having some kind of an interaction. But but notice how it's one from a human being. But notice there's a taboo against like gaijins. Like for example, the yakuza used to control the prostitution mostly in Japan, and they would like they would forbid their prosties from going with like boorish foreigners, including Koreans, by the way. Yeah. But it seems that. Oh yeah. They yeah, it's very race-based. Mm -hmm. They're very nationalistic about it. They don't want any filthy white men sleeping with their women. And can you blame <laughs> them, really? Well, uh, Lyndon, they're just seething because uh, Asian women love white men. So mm. they're just well, no, but that's the problem. That's the temptation. So yeah. they have to keep the uh, the spirit of uh, the Nippon uh, pure. You know, base well, brothels. Lyndon, base prostitutes. Lyndon, would you go to Japan or Korea and uh, have sex with a prostitute? Would you? He's be married, bro. Don't ask. Him. Don't. You don't have to. Uh, don't. You don't yeah. have to say. Lab, I told you, it's don't a, ask people these this questions. This is a very. This is a very small. First the cat milk, now the. Yeah, no, no, no. Because this is a very small stream. Nobody pays attention to BTR. It's very small. Don't say that, love. You're cursing it's us. The, I know it's not I'm okay. Cat milk you'll right you'll now. be safe here. Look, this is a fed in, a, in another universe so. where I'm not married, as a six foot five white dude, I'd like to think I could get laid in China without having to pay for it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yes. I think you got to cover. Japan I think you have whatever. it covered. Well, see, in Japan, that's why uh, they loved the big, huge, six foot, seven, almost seven foot tall um, American wrestlers. That's why they put the belt on Bruiser Brody and Stan Hansen and Steve Williams because they just have this. I think what it was was the photo of MacArthur next to uh, Hirohito. I think that that's what it was. The Japanese were cucked into uh, loving the big American uh, solid brick house of a human being. Mm. So, <laughs> well, Geo, I think. Do you think you can go into sumo? Like, could that be? There have been like Western sumo. Yes, there has been. Yes, I mean. I don't know. I mean, it's sumo is actually pretty athletically intense, believe it or not. They have an mm. insane training regimen, but uh, yeah. Wait a minute, Linda, how tall are you? Six five. <laughs> Six five. So okay, so you could go into Japan and you could like be a great basketball player there. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Well, we're already getting onto oh. the racial stereotypes. <laughs> uh, based. I'd respect that grift. But, Absolutely. But, but before we move on, I wanted to ask a ZHP about shame. You had this great thread I remember one time. I think this was in, I want to say 2019, uh, like the social function of shame itself, like why it has been, like why is eroded, and and just in general, like what do you and, and I hypocrite and Orin think in terms of, like I know Orin, you're saying like don't debate it in general, which I agree with. I mean, some things would be on debate, but. For the time being, it seems that the people within 
the the position of moving social discourse. They're the ones that get to determine things like, well, you have to have a free and natural debate over things. So it, it, it seems that in the absence of any sort of commonly held um, social consensus in terms of what informs our gut feelings, like, what do you think ZHP, like, if you could go back to that thread, if you remember it, what, what is your what is your opinion on all of these matters? Like how, how do we take this absolutely dismal situation that we're finding ourselves in and how do we actually, you know, recapitulate some of the values that we've once held, or if if that's an impossibility and and we, in its absence, we have some sort of doomsday optimism where things have to collapse in order to get better. I don't know. Mm. Or is there also a Goon's Day optimism, if you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I'm sure, uh, Lyndon, you're familiar with the uh, gooning and the uh, goon caves and all that. Oh, Jesus. But see, the thing is, is that this would be something that would be interested, interesting for you as far as content goes, because you like looking at all this weird, cringe stuff. This is going to be the 20th time I explain what gooning and goon caves are. The 120th time. 120th time, yeah. It's up to the level of uh, Mew and Pokemon, the 151st time. But anyway, it's not Rev, I did... goon caves and inflated Nala and yes, inflated Nala. We all love inflated and Nala. But anyway, super chats from and, Super uh, Iron Bob and, and, and reverse Kundalini's. And... <laughs> yeah. Oh yes, which is ironically and related to culture. <laughs> and yeah, me so... fed posting. Yeah, so, so Lev, explain, <laughs> before we get to ZHP, explain to him what Goon yes. Caves are. I know you're dying to explain this. Oh, I am. Ooh, I would love to explain what it is. Okay. A Goon Cave is a room full of either monitors or a virtual room full of, uh, you know, virtual screens. With the Oculus. Depict, uh, yes, yes, exactly. That depict a lot of pornography on the screen. So men, sometimes women, but let's keep it at men, would uh, pleasure themselves but not end the excitement so to speak not uh you know it's like tantra for redditors put it that way exactly and they would just be in this state that is called being gooned out and that leads us to cat girl milk's five canadian dollars thank you so much cat girl milk Niao, this is for you, Niao, for Cat Girl Milk, who says, what is the consensus on sex dolls? Linden, sex dolls, go. Wait, wait, you have to explain the goon kids. So anyways, I already gooners, they... I just have one question. Is it like, is this like a business thing that people go to or do people set these up in their own homes? It's like, entirely their own. Yeah. They call it goon yeah. caves. Yeah. Okay. That's what, like where they set up these monitors and they, they immerse themselves in uh, pornography and they also believe in paying for pornography they they have uh tributes very ethical, to, very to only fans and and they do this for hours they believe it's some sort of uh like therapeutic thing where pornography delivers them to like this transcendental state and they go on and and sometimes they go into discord calls where they're each gooning there's like 50 people gooning at once and i'm it's, gonna goon it's I'm terrible gonna it's terrible I will not. I will not eat the bugs. I will not live in the goon cave. Yeah, thank you. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. But uh, but Lyndon, what about sex dolls? Where do you stand on them? I'm diametrically opposed to sex dolls. I don't even think people should is, is masturbate that the, if they can if they no, can help okay. it. Is there because all <laughs> masturbating's not the end of the world? But it, yeah. you should have self control. Like you should not feel a drive and a need to like jerk off every day. If you do, you should try to get that under control. And sex dolls are right out the fucking no. That's just a no. Hard no. You're, you're gonna throw throw yours out the window and no yeah. more. 
no more sex dolls. But what about uh, what about like the uh, pocket, uh, like the flashlights, that kind of stuff? It's that's not under doll, sex doll. None that's, of it. It's still yeah, under, none of it. We, none of to, it. All yeah. toys. Women shouldn't own any toys either. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you, you guys probably. But what know, if their man um, can't pleasure them? That well, then what? Or she just well, stuck they, with this small dicked man who cannot pleasure her. What oh is she gonna do? God. Is she gonna spend the rest of her life in small dickdom in small dickville? Yes. That- if she can, if <laughs> she can't okay. pleasure herself with her hand, maybe <laughs> it's her problem. Based. You know what I mean? She doesn't need. She doesn't the- need an entire hardware store, and you know what I mean? like, <laughs> it's fine. There is someone that posted a picture today. Uh, I think I hypocrite. Actually, you posted well a while ago. This woman on TikTok sharing her uh, collection, and like it's like what Verse said. It's like that's basically like the woman's equivalent of goon caving, in my opinion. Mm. Having like multiple sex toys, and it's like they it do different things. Is, it also like ruins like sensitivity and other. Yeah, I'm I'm totally against it. Uh, late daughter of Albion, you guys know her. She did a video about it a little oh, yeah. while ago. That was pretty good. All young women. We're, we're, we're still on the, the yeah, like of, 13, 14. Year old oh, uh, Daniel, go for that. it. We're, we're still on the topic of sex dolls, right? Yes. I mean, it's, it's, it's the exact same as just normal porn. Whether you're doing it with your hand or you're using something else with it, it's the exact same thing. As one of if we talk if we if we want to talk about one of the effects of porn is uh, uh, a man's inability to be able to talk to women in real life, you know, and having a sex doll doesn't improve that, you know it. I mean, it's in the same league as normal porn and OnlyFans. So, yes, sex dolls is not good. No kind of sex doll uh, will give you a pass. Uh, Stop being a pussy and go out, go to a park and start talking to women in person. I mean, there's, I I think um, 24% of men are virgins now. I, I, I seen that somewhere. It was like and, 27. It was like 27 on that chart. Well, that especially means, with millennials. Shout and, out to uh, consumers. Yeah. It, it, and this is, it, it's ridiculous. Why, why are there so many virgins? Well, they can just pass. It's and, actually uh, based, in my opinion. There should be more virgins, but that's. that's <laughs> Wait, I want to hear this. Uh, uh, but the lack, the, the high number is accidentally based. It's accidentally based. It implies but, low commitment in relationships and stuff like that yeah, too. That's yeah, but all, yeah. but all of them are probably not all, not all, not all. Like well, Jesse it, Peterson it, says, it but some, um, you know, they uh, they like to still <laughs> masturbate not a lot all. and goon out and <laughs> not, uh, all. Y- not all. But you know what I mean? Like they still like to pleasure themselves despite being permaversions, and that is a problem. Where Lev, do you this, have to uh, say that word permaversion? Oh my god. <laughs> My point, that's offensive you know, but oh, i'm sorry my point is that they're kept within the cycle of getting pleasure without taking necessary steps to overcome like whatever fear or whatever is in the way and uh, be able to uh meet a woman and it's a different thing if you let's say want to become a monk or something or want to become like a tantric yogi and then you decide to go in the cave somewhere and just do breathing techniques and get the kundalini through the shushunma chakra uh, shushunma nadi uh bring it all the way up and achieve enlightenment you could do that but i doubt most people are doing that and i doubt most people are going to be able to uh transect like transmute that sexual energy into creativity so the biggest problem i think is we have a lot of people today who are not having sex they're just uh jacking it or even if they're not they're just like sitting down and uh not really doing something that uh you know like yourself geo you are an amazing artist you are able to transmute a lot of things into uh into beauty and same thing with yourself verse and 
I'm sure everybody here. Why'd you, you go to me immediately? Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Zero <laughs> HP Lovecraft. We've interrupted you too much, but then we'll go back to. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Wait, Byzantium Archon, $5. Byzantium Archon, $5. Enough talk about gooning. Don't feed the Tulpa. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, <laughs> we have to go to other uh, based matters, yeah. but go, so, go ahead. Gio, I mean, you asked an absolutely enormous question, and right, I'll right. sort of uh, take it in stages. I think pornography is honestly a lot like alcohol or even cocaine in that there's a lot of men who can drink alcohol in moderation. They can be just fine. They alcohol, can reel some lines in moderation. Sometime. It's and, not black and white. Yes, you exactly. can reel my, lines and, in you know, there's a lot of There's a lot of men who are absolutely ruined by pornography. I kind of think of it the way that uh, like when they first brought alcohol to all the Native Americans, you know, even now, most people with American Indian heritage, they are very susceptible to alcohol, much more than people of European heritage, because they didn't drink alcohol for centuries. That was part of their culture, and they'd never built up a genetic immunity to it. You think about Europe, you know, 500 years ago, everyone drank beer. Anyone who couldn't handle their liquor just died. And I think pornography is a filter a lot like that. So the, the sort of optimism I have on it is that a century of hardcore 24-7 streaming high-def porn is going to weed out all the people who can't stop gooning. And maybe they're not <laughs> supposed to reproduce, frankly. They are not fit for the digital age. I don't really have a problem. Like, I have sympathy for all of my brothers. But at the same time, you know, it's... Not a horrible genetic filter to be able to resist all of these digital monsters. So that is my sort of hot take on the subject. That, that said, don't watch porn. Porn makes you gay, but like some people are going to. But but zero, don't you think you're agreeing with a certain uh, rad femme on the nature of uh, filtering out certain undesirable men? I mean, don't you agree? An agreement with our good friend. You know, it's so funny. It's, it's social I, media Darwinism. I befriended her yesterday. She turned me down. She wouldn't go on a walk with me. I'm really <laughs> dumb about it. I, she I wouldn't have coffee with you. You know, what's really funny. I was in a purify myself. I was in a clubhouse with her yesterday, and we like befriended one of her, which is hilarious because we're like mortal enemies. But wait, wait, who are we talking about? Can you say Radfem Hitler? Radfem Hitler. Radfem Hitler. I have no idea who that is, so I'm it's, gonna. It's have to good. Do my it's probably research. for the best. But by the way, zero HP. What you said reminds me a lot about this whole um, uh, this uh, quote, or sorry, this tale about this monk who uh, you know went out into his cave, not a goon cave, but like a regular cave. And then when he came back, he was enamored by all the ladies everywhere because he hasn't been exposed to women for that long amount of time, and he st you know he gave in versus his uh, brother who stayed around, you know, was also like practicing and meditating and doing all that stuff, but he was a householder. And I think that there is something to being confronted with these urges, with the urges of wanting to participate in a living reality, to be a part of it, where it doesn't become something that ends up seducing you when you accept what it is, and kind of like, you're in this prison of desire, but you can transcend that prison of desire, as opposed to like, artificially separating yourself. Because isn't that what happened with the Buddha as well? Like, he didn't want to go through all of these, you know, like the spanking yourself, and the uh, sitting on a bed of nails, and all that stuff. Stuff. He did not want to commit all of these bodily harms, but he wanted to be able to which, take which the middle of the path. Are we talking about? I, first one, I, I guess, I would go Tama. 
Gotama. There's a fellow on Twitter who's so enlightened. He knows he can identify any pornographic video from a single frame. <laughs> oh my God. That is true enlightenment right there. Be, he might be the pornosvata. I think he's <laughs> the the yeah. <laughs> enlightenment. Yes, he is the next. Uh, he is the next reincarnation. I mean, uh, yeah, um, reincarnation is an interesting thing. I believe in it, but anyway, enough isn't about it crazy though? Like when you think about how deep the sort of collective porn brain goes, there's people that are like legitimately nostalgic over porn they've watched when they were kids, and they see the video years later. It's like that. Like to me, it's like crazy in a way how people have developed even nostalgia for the like getting off material that they have. But I, I don't know. I wanted to transition this to, to the more spicier uh, banning us from YouTube uh, race issues. But I guess just to throw that out there, people are literally nostalgic for uh, pornography now. So I don't know. Well, I mean, when you're the so... Tiny 200 pixel. Oh, oh, uh, Daniel? <laughs> I mean, when you're so deeply entrenched in vice, you start to create, I, I would say, an environment that sheds that vice in a uh, better light for lack of uh, mm. better phrasing like for you you hear this all the time somebody a friend of yours is has a, a pretty bad vice and they frame it in a way where it's actually good for you like oh like uh yeah i should quit uh i should quit uh uh you know smoking. it prevents prostate cancer daniel don't you know that you know jerking wow. off <laughs> <laughs> But I, I wanted to go I before we move on, because I definitely want to get into what Gio was talking about before, uh, you know, get into the spicy part that uh, will get us banned. What, <laughs> what uh, was there HP talked about when he talked about, um, you know, uh, Europeans being more, more used to uh, alcohol? I think that was a really great point. I mean, at, at some point in our uh, history, in American history, alcohol was more safe than water. Uh, yeah, it's we'll true. To drink than water. What are you talking about? Right now, it's more safe than water. <laughs> Have you seen the shit they're putting in that tap? God damn! Yeah. There's not going to be any fluoride or birth control in your alcohol. Yeah. Well, but, unless you count the hops, because the hops they do have uh, estrogen. Estrogenic, in them. yeah. 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 yeah, and so yeah, he, no, it's even you're definitely right. Than alcohol. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Look, alcohol kills germs and bad things. What does yeah. water kill that's bad? Nothing. Exactly. And the Russians, by the way, after witches, Chernobyl... witches and uh, feminists of various yeah. ilk, it definitely kills them. <laughs> and we people with dropsy, melting, melting. What a it kills world, people what a world. with dropsy. If, if they if they float, yeah. then they're not a witch. <laughs> oh, oh, that way. Okay, yes. I was thinking of like the Wizard of Oz, you know, throwing the water at the witch and she melts. No, but, but see, uh, rich, see witches apparently weren't, according to a bread tube, witches weren't real and witches were actually against capitalism and, and uh, they were promoting birth control, apparently. That was so, the, yes. so they were the take. So they were that, real then, right? <laughs> so that's the take that some academics mm. have on witches, by the way. So I let's go. So I want to go to uh, I want to go back to Daniel. So Daniel, like I said before, you're a big uh, admirer of Thomas Sowell. You're reading a book book of his right now. Uh, what is the book you're reading? Oh, uh, I'm right now reading Intellectuals in Society by Thomas Sowell. Uh, it's the first book I picked up by Thomas Sowell. I'm definitely loving it right now. Before uh, I picked up the book, I definitely have watched all the um, Peter Robinson interviews with Thomas Sowell. I've definitely I, I definitely admire Thomas Sowell to say the least. Yes. 
and as far as a lot of these uh, questions that people have today and uh, again let's tread carefully you don't want to get btr banned you know you love btr so yeah anyway, I'm definitely yes get yes exactly when it comes to a lot of these issues today what we were talking before at lunch today uh was um and by the way uh i could kind of like get the more info like we were meeting with a person who i met at the uh, fair uh, loving day event uh and uh, that was a very interesting event i got to meet a lot of great people there and uh, like i said before they are some of the uh, only people who are actually standing up against a lot of this uh, critical race theory stuff in schools they're actually like the only ones who i'm aware of that are very organized about you know bringing lawyers in and helping out some of the teachers that speak out against the stuff so just kudos to them for doing all that stuff but uh we were uh, speaking today at lunch about uh let's say how can a lot of these problems be solved as far as uh integration goes and i'm curious like daniel from your own perspective of the uh, differences currently going on today and let's say uh the for lack of a better term like the black community even though again like there's different kinds of communities within that community but uh what do you think is the driving factor behind a lot of uh cultural differences there between like uh you know the black community and uh people who are you know outside of that uh community and if also you, after before yeah. after daniel we have several people uh in in this chat right now who have come down hard on uh these people uh, going after critical race theory, which I'm very curious to hear uh, everyone's well, thoughts on. Well, what are on. they doing? What are yeah, they doing? Chris they're Rufo's just... and the, the James Lindsay's of the world. No, but, yes, no, but, go no, ahead, no, but, but at least but at least they're doing something. The people who yeah, criticize but, 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 them. Uh, sometimes it's better. Never mind, love. The, okay, okay. Daniel, Daniel then go we'll, for it, we'll buddy. Get yeah. All right, so I, I would say that, well, what was your question? Your question was essentially what what are the differences between or what are the differences, but also what are the what, what would you say is the origin of a lot of these differences? Because people would say, let's say, the difference with a lot of uh, problems that are going on in the black community for the people who are willing to admit that there are problems that, uh, right. okay. th so, that have to be dealt with. Yeah, like what's the origin of that? Okay, so I would say one of the main issues uh, the black community has is their quest for uh, political capital rather than economic capital. And the fact of the matter is political capital does not have to be wielded by the community uh, that has, quote unquote, has a political power, by, but by representatives, the anointed uh, people of that community. And so the Black community has the most political capital in the country, but it's not actually wielded by the Black community. Uh, it's wielded by those who claim to be representatives of the Black community. Uh, that would be your, um, our Sharptons, your uh, Ibram X Kendi's uh, and everybody else. And so in, in school, you usually, there's probably a day or two where you talk about uh, W.E.B. Uh, du Bois uh, versus uh, Booker T. Washington. And he talked about how uh, du Bois talked to, uh, wanted the black community to ha have more political capital, to wield political capital, while Booker T. Washington said, forget the politics, work on your economics, work hard with, your, uh, with the common white man and you will earn their respect. We, the black community has gone down the Dubois path and it has, it is, uh, it has, um, and it has come with great detriment to the black community because the black community isn't wielding that political capital. Uh, the easiest example is uh, that the black community and minorities uh, want more policing. And we, we see in poll after poll, we've seen uh, Eric Adams just won the uh, mayoral uh, candidate uh mayor uh democratic primary for nyc mayor and if you look at the map 
All the boroughs, allegedly. <laughs> all the boroughs except for manhattan in the uh, uh in the wealthier parts of brooklyn voted for a pro-cop candidate so who are these people on cnn on all these news networks talking about defund the police it is the vision of the anointed it is white liberals who uh wield that political capital uh in for for the black community telling the black community well having songs about uh shooting each other is fine you're just oppressed you know, having these pathologies in your community is fine. You're just oppressed. And if we, if the Black community wants to change, they need to discard the political capital they have and start moving towards a, start gaining economic capital like the Asians, for example. Well, yeah, even uh, Malcolm X talked about the white liberals being an, a worse oppressor than the Southern racist. Um, but but uh, I hypocrite, what you you've you have a number of recent videos about the critical race theory thing. So I wanted to go to you and uh, also um, then uh, Oren and ZHP, or I'm assuming you're going to light up Rufo and Lindsay. But before that, uh, please, uh, I hypocrite, um, what is your take on what has been said? But also, how, do you think that even legislation in general towards critical race theory, is that really going to be effective? Or are they just going to be a situation where the teachers, the LARP is being oppressed in some handmaid's tale where they'll have, uh, like when, when the priests used to hide from communists in the, in the Soviet bloc countries, like in Poland, they had to have cubby holes for the priests. I guess they're gonna have a cubby hole for Ibram Kendi to uh, teach children critical race theory when they ban it, so. Yeah, it's an interesting situation developing. I mean, a lot of these activist types, they already see themselves as like, you know, the resistance, quote unquote, like they already see themselves as like the, the rebels in the fucking tunnels or whatever. So get, giving them the ability to play into the, so like LARP that even harder is probably something that some of them are going to gladly latch onto. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, my recent videos on CRT were mostly talking about that Yale yeah. uh, thing that came out, the, the psychopathic problem of the white mind, which you, I think like people who are, are CRT, like apologists would say is, is the not, that's not real CRT. Like right? Vouch, so, like yeah. who you're going after. Yeah. 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 Uh, I did do a video a little bit further back called the anti-woke are all but useless which was a yeah. little more directed at like the kind of the James Lindsay crowd. Um, and that was, there was like a thing that you guys probably heard about where Michael Tracy's clubhouse room got taken over. Yeah. And they brought by, in Eric Weinstein to just totally slaughter him on the floor. Yeah. So yeah, I did like a video a about that <laughs> and I called it the, the anti-woke all but useless to kind of explain how the, this like, let's have a civil discourse about woke versus anti-woke and they just, grab the power and then as soon as they have the power they bludgeon you with it like there's like a little microcosm of that in that clubhouse room but i mean i, don't, I actually think those people are doing good work obviously like it's not like oh we'd be so better off without chris rufo out here i don't believe yeah. that at all i just think that in order to actually win the fight you need somebody with more conviction you know you need a thanos type <laughs> I don't know who that is, but I, I don't know. I'm curious. I have a few like, ideas. All right, verse shoot, and also verse. Oh no, I can't think? say it. it was, oh, okay. Well, yeah, verse, I would what, get us. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, <laughs> what What do you think of Daniel was talking about as a fellow person of color? 
like uh, you know, like it's proper to say today. What do you think of what uh, Daniel had to say about the black community? It's funny. There's agree, three black people in this call right now. You're just tokenized first. <laughs> yeah. And there's and, me. Well, I'm, I'm Italian, so that's. Um, and James, you were also, also Italian. To be fair. What about me? Well, we're both. You know, it's funny. I actually saw a clip from uh, this old ECW clip when Mabel. Uh, Viscera was in ECW. He was an honorary member of the Full-Blooded Italians, by the way. He actually wore the... Uh, Let's go. So there you go. <laughs> Arson gave me a bla uh, black card this past weekend because he said uh, my dad was that good. But yeah, Verse, uh, then yeah, Verse. ZHP. <laughs> I definitely got like sidetracked mentally about what topic we're on, but... Uh, uh, black are blacks community. Italians? Sorry, I mean so, uh, the, the other black way community with respect to what? I, I'm uh, sorry, with res with respect to uh, the uh, problems that uh, they're currently facing right now. What's the origin of those problems, and can there be amending of those problems eventually? Um, I was talking about this on Clubhouse today, funny enough, uh, about how uh, we, I think, explicit racism, things that you can make actionable change against, ended effectively on like a national scale in like 2008. And I think since then we've been trying to tackle alleged implicit racism, which is like a paranoid schizophrenic fever dream. And you're not really going to get anywhere with that. And it, it destabilizes the like legislative power of the nation. And it kind of just makes everyone at the whims of the mob, which is just not viable. Right. right? But we're, we're run by like, we're run by like, the it's like being run by a tantrum and you're supposed to like like if you're going to be in charge you're supposed to be in charge right you know what i mean and like if we're at a point where the the sure there's obviously a generational like you weren't able to pass down generational wealth fine you could but you could you can make and I, i'm not pro reparations particularly but there's like there is a difference between like you know trying to take actionable local whatever like uh, legislation and whatever to solve tangible problems versus like what they're doing now, which is like, you know, virtue signaling and like just and putting on these like making these statues and making these like anti white things to like level the playing field. It's just nothing, not, nothing they've done in like the last 15 years has been real. So, and I, it's, and I, it's not really because they're, they're not really trying to solve a problem. They're just trying to like appease people and like. Uh, on like I don't know in like a childish way I don't know I don't know. Did you see that story about the first nurse to, nurse to get vaccinated uh, vaccinated going Did you, like, pass in, out? in the no 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 this 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 is like a black Jamaican immigrant nurse and they're putting her like uniform in the Smithsonian museum <laughs> because yeah, she's like first, things like first one to get it's like uh, insulting actually. it's actually like insulting that rocks you know what they're doing but I hope you know. I hope when all the uh, Oh, you can't sue the drunk companies, but uh, I hope when all the uh, Salino and Barnes commercials comes out in 10 years mm. over the uh, you know what, uh, the Fauci ouchie, I wonder if uh, they're probably going to have to like do some like like a communist China thing where it's like, you know, one leader of the revolution gets canceled. So they have to just like mm -hmm. take away the, the memorabilia from the museum to uh, resurrect at a later date. Who knows? Uh, they'll take the road back. So, oh, and also we have a question for Oren McIntyre from Bolero393. Ask Oren McIntyre something about how to prevent NAMBLA from taking over school boards before Susan shuts us down. 
somewhat sweet Su- uh how do- no sometimes sweet susan do you remember that from taxi driver uh that was not the movie that he saw by the way that porno flick it was a different movie it was like something it was the swedish experiment or something yes like that. swedish yeah. sex education something like that but anyway Oren, uh, we have not heard that much from you you've been either patient as a saint or something happened to you on the other end but uh, either way oh there we go okay so you're still there yeah, excellent yeah. So, yeah, so let us know in such a way that they're, that Susan is not going to put her ban hammer on the show uh, what you what you think about Valero's uh, question. I mean, get your kids out of public schools, right, is the is the short answer to that one. Like, I hate to say that, but, I mean, it, there's mm. – the. <sighs> You got to understand, and this is, you know, I, I've said this before, uh, you know, I'll, uh, I, I think Rufo is a good actor. Uh, I think that he is trying to do something and I think he is um, putting putting good work in to try to make a difference. Um, but you need to understand that this stuff is baked deep into the American education system and has been for decades. Uh, CRT is not new. CRT is a name. It's it's a, as, as our good friend Bog Beef likes to say, it's a place uh, people can write a check and donate to. So it's it's <laughs> yeah. significant in that way that it's a it's a it's a it's a funnel for funding. Uh, and so when Rufo when Rufo takes a scalp uh, to prevent that, that's good because he is shutting down an avenue of funding for something that is fundamentally evil. Uh, but this ideology is completely um, uh, you know f- from the ground up baked into uh, the American education system. It's in every textbook. It's in every uh, curricula and it has been for decades so the idea that you're going to come in and uh you know uh pass pass some laws and and again i'm not against passing the laws necessarily <coughs> but i just don't uh i think people understand that e- even when we ban the thing called critical race theory uh we will not be getting any of this ideology out of the schools and the, and of course this is even deeper with gender ideology there isn't even a real effort to get that out of the schools yeah. and uh, and that stuff is going to continue to be taught uh you know non-stop so uh, the if if you have children you know if you have uh you know people who will be exposed to that then the best thing to do is to get them out how do you change it on a community level obviously uh we that's a much longer story uh, but but directly, you won't be getting rid of that in the next few years. So, well, uh, Daniel, you've had experience when it comes to uh, uh, schooling, like the kind of uh, state that the schools are in today. What would you personally describe as going on, and what way do you see out of it? Well, personally, for me, uh, the school I go to is uh, pretty large, fairly large, uh, and so the curriculum for me is decentralized. It's contingent on the teachers. I have six thousand students in my school, and so really, your experience is really dependent on the teachers. And I've had really ideological teachers and I've had very, uh, I'll say, uh, teachers who actually do their job. Um, yeah, I mean, when it comes to ideological teachers, I mean, it's, it's really, it, there's, there's no real surprise, like, gotcha, like what you hear in the news is usually what you get. Now, for, personally for uh, Brooklyn Tech, there is no, there is no, we haven't reached a point where we're splitting uh, uh, classrooms into uh, blacks and whites again largely because the curriculum is not centralized and so mm-hmm. there's uh, there are activists in our school but it's very hard to get the administration to budge an inch uh, I guess that's just one of the perks uh, of going to Brooklyn Tech uh, but uh, I, I've had I mean this past year uh, I've had two really ideological teachers and the others I've been fairly lucky with I mean 
for my English. And I'm actually pretty lucky because I've, I've gone through reading the same book twice, one with CRT and one in, in uh, I would say, uh, the normal fashion. I've read the narrative of the life of Frederick Douglass once in a normal fashion without the indoctrination and once with it. And the, the difference is, I mean, absolutely insane. Uh, a, a CRT apologist would say, well, if you remove CRT, then you're whitewashing history. No, I learned about Frederick Douglass. I learned about slavery and I learned about all these things without deconstructing Frederick Douglass. Now, what is deconstruction? That's a mechanism using critical race theory that originates uh, in postmodernism. Kimberly Crenshaw synthesized postmodernism and uh, critical theory in uh, her works. And deconstruction is essentially when, when you do, when you racialize deconstruction, you're essentially finding finding the racism within somebody's work. And that racism is ordinary, right? And so in the classical, um, when you're classically looking for racism, is the racism there and how can we eliminate it? But when you deconstruct, you assume the racism is there and you have to go and find it. So that's what we did with the narrative of the life, uh, uh, the narrative of the life of Frederick Douglass, right? And so Douglass was not a hero who exposed the evils of slavery through his work, Frederick Douglass was actually racist. Why? Because he was a facade. He represented the idea of America being able to become a better place, fundamentally. I mean, we all know his 4th of July address when he says, well, I, I like the fact that you have independence, but I would like independence too, and that's possible, right? And we had this lesson where we had to compare Frederick Douglass with William Lloyd Garrison. And William Lloyd Garrison represented, he was a, a symbolic figure of systemic racism. Why? Because Frederick Douglass and Garrison had fundamental different, they, they fundamentally disagreed on whether the constitution was able to abolish slavery. You can look this up. Garrison did not like the constitution. He thought the constitution was a pro-slavery document. He wanted it to be abolished, right? And so in this new lesson, right, uh, laced with critical race theory, Frederick Douglass essentially became the villain. He was the figure of systemic racism, this idea, this facade that America can become better. It's like how but, they're canceling Jerry Diamond now. Yeah, like, I mean- uh, Guns, we, Germs, we, and Steel, yeah. We, we had, um, we had, and this is not just a, a constraint to Frederick Douglass. I mean, we deconstructed Walt Whitman, uh, all sorts of, I mean- benefactors to the Western canon. We deconstructed all of them trying to find a racism in there. And, uh, what, what, and, and ZHP, yes. you, you have, uh, before you go, my friend, uh, you, 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 what is your general thoughts on the, uh, the discourse around critical race theory in general, like currently? Uh, I'll say briefly that I think it's very useful to name the demon we have a lack of good shelling points on the right that we can use to rally against these leftward ratchets. Is, Oron is basically correct. I agree with all of the things that he said, but I don't think the situation is quite as bleak, maybe, as all that. It's true that you can bend critical race theory. You won't necessarily bend you won't be able to ban all of the problems that cause critical race theory. But you shouldn't overlook either 
the degree to which these Hermione Granger shitted teachers <laughs> will follow any rule that is made for them. And I've seen these awful white women getting on TikTok and crying because they were banned from teaching critical race theory. You don't understand. That was a rule. And they have to follow that rule yeah. because it's a rule. And so I, I think that, honestly, at, at the risk of sounding horribly condescending, uh, the great mass of people is extremely malleable to whoever is holding the megaphone. So Rufo and Lindsay are good if they become a right word ramp and a right word ratchet. They are bad if they become a breaker and they stop the energy from moving any further to the right. Which unfortunately uh, I think Lindsay might do. For having me on. Lizzie does that. Rufo does not, despite what his detractors say about him. He is generally more, more vector. He's dextrogenic, as they mm. say. But I am fresh out of cat girl milk, and I must be going for the evening. So thank you, everyone. Thank well, you so thank much. you, my good friend. And don't forget to Jeez. follow Zero HP Lovecraft on Twitter. Wonderful writer. And you are currently writing a new book. Is that correct? I am my next story, Don't Make Me Think, uh, a novella about technocracy and psychedelics and betrayal will be out in about another week, week and a half. So please keep an eye out for that one. Absolutely. That sounds uh, beautiful. Don't make me think. I am looking forward to that. We have all the best people here at BTR. We have zero HP. We have uh, a lot of uh, great newcomers like Daniel, uh, Linden Verse, Grift Shop, James. Verse is a newcomer? Well, no, no, no. Verse is a newcomer because every time I see him, I'm like, oh my God, who is this handsome man? I've never seen oh, him before. So oh, likewise, beautiful. So likewise. it feels like a new experience every time I see Verse. But anyway. Yo, is Love way... trying to break Verse's buck over here? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, 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 is definitely oh God. Right Let's now. talk about buck breaking. I'm I mean, I hope we're not going to. Yeah, why not? Uh, I have to go. You can't talk about buck breaking. I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I am curious. Like Daniel, have you seen that movie? It's by uh, what, what's his don't face? Don't ask Daniel. No, don't. no, 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 no. Why not? I've seen Bug Breaking. I've seen it. All right. So verse I've talk about clips. no, no. But Daniel, have you seen that movie? Because there are interesting things like verse talked about on MK Ultra Money's podcast, which I listened to. Very exciting Base. episode. Uh, so there are actually like interesting things within that movie that uh, you learned, right? Verse, like when it comes to certain things with history. Oh, sorry, I was muted. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, there are, I will say, there's some skeptical information at the beginning, but there's um, pretty much everything else from like 30 minutes on, I can say definitively is true, right? There is like, it's like a our nation of Islam type of, um, uh, what's the word? Like theory at the beginning with the whole like global homo thing, but you guys, we talk about global homo all the time. So it's, there, it's the our nation of Islam or story for global homo. As uh, as they oh, would say. Oh, oh, wait, verse. Can you explain to Daniel what is a uh, global homo? Uh, the best way I could just it's like the queer. It's like the um the rainbow flag form of capitalism. Um, kind of like the the current like woke um capitalism that's like pushing uh like the inversion of the sexes to create more of like a uh goop like a a sexless goop. Uh, and well, it means global you know, homogeneity as well. That's yeah, 
it's global yeah. homogeneity, but it's like a nice pun because there's also yeah. like the well, it's an edgier, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an edgy. edgier way of talking about like a lot of the things that we uh, see happening in New York City, for example. But uh, when it comes to uh, there is a comment over here uh, from uh, Razio who says there's a guy in bug breaking that says the Pope stares at a black penis every day. I mean, <laughs> no, it's not a no, it's not a black penis. He there was the obelisk. It is a symbol of fertility. It is a symbol, from what I understand, it's supposed to be Osiris's penis that was cut off and then uh, replaced by uh, like a golden penis, or I don't. I think that's supposed to be what it represents. It's also very similar to the lingam in uh, Hinduism. You know what I mean? The uh, Shiva lingam, where you have like this. Uh, uh hell like you know like this mound and then you have this almost like lake like you know like this uh, circular thing uh below it and it's that part is supposed to represent the vagina so it's like penis vagina you know uh create the cycle of creation all that kind of stuff like merged into one uh, one image and i think like related to what we were talking about there is this fascination today with uh overcoming one's uh, like the sex one was born in and becoming like this hermaphroditic, uh, uh, asexual or, uh, you know, um, transgender uh, entity. And but I, I wonder, wonder if there was a spiritual aspect to that as well. Like people who want to kind of like go into that whole, you know, and I know we did the thing about the furries where I tried to make that all spiritual and didn't really work out. Well, there was always but... an alchemy and various other occult rituals. There was like this uh, hermaphetical uh union of opposites but i I think like the mod like it is very gnostic i mean we've talked about this before but it's it's funny i remember one person said i don't know if this is true or not again i'm not saying this is not my word that uh america that afro-american culture is like the dominant like world like like globalized like export to the world is sort of like american black culture i don't know if that's true or not like in terms of just the way that the culture industry is going it's like that's the predominant sort of and i wonder though if that makes sense that the culture industry has largely adopted like afrocentric afro-american centric cultural out exports and i wonder well, there, well in, in terms of music mm-hmm. yeah yeah like it definitely like the the, the hip-hop scene has been um the big probably probably the most lucrative um like musical industry product out of this country in the past like 20 years spring break uh, spring mm. break yeah <laughs> spring break forever yeah and spring then you know the forever. the white the white people want to get in on it and that's where the money flows and then that's what flows out of the the country from the um you know cultural uh, cultural um mouthpieces and, um, and we covered this topic on uh mk ultra money recently Shout when, out to uh, MK with, Ultra Money with with Griff Shop talk. Yeah, and, just uh, dropped the episode today. Yeah, no, no, no. I dropped the episode. Uh, oh yesterday. yeah, oh yesterday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I was, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was, I was re-listening to it earlier today because it was that good. Um, it was that good. Yeah, we yeah. were talking about Spring Breakers and uh, whatnot. One of our favorite movies of all time. And uh, we also dropped some sick fucking Spring Breakers merch along with other stuff <laughs> on the fucking on Griff Shop. I'm wearing the White Boy Summer Tee, which is part of Griff's normal collection. But uh, we have a pop-up shop going on for only a few more days. And, uh, yeah, get some fucking awesome merch there. Yeah, th- this is your advertising break. Uh, so go to Griff.shop and uh, check that shit out. Uh, yeah, we worked on it for a while. Uh, it was a super, super awesome collab um, between uh, people that are you know, influenced by the same uh, media and uh you know wanted to 
wanted to go off about it. So yeah, definitely check that out. Uh, MK Ultra Money Times Griff Shot. We got I- pimps don't commit suicide. We got fucking MK Ultra victim. We got white claws that you piss on in the Silent Hill toilet. Oh, God. What is with the white, <laughs> pissing on White Claws? What is that? We got women posting their L's. We got fucking crypto. We got, look at all this shit in our shop. <laughs> oh, I got those white boy summer shorts. Look at this beautiful dog, by the way. There was a beautiful dog behind Lyndon. I don't know much about this dog, but it looks like a wonderful dog. Uh, what is the name of your beautiful dog, Lyndon? That's Diesel. Diesel. Oh, Diesel's adorable. How, how old is Diesel? Uh, he's about six. Wow, well, he's a very beautiful-looking pup. Uh, I still consider like six-year-old dog, you know, still like a pup. Uh, would you say he still has like pup puppy energy about him? Like, uh, very, yeah, uh... yeah, he does. He has some health problems, so sometimes he gets a little down. But uh, no, he's still overall pretty energetic. That's good. That is a real blessing, by the way, because uh, having pets in your life, like I have my cat Steve, it's just uh, it really grounds you in a way. I think there is something very based about having these animals in your life because they give you like a certain amount of humanity. You know what I mean? Like you look, well, they at the give you responsibility and- too, which I think is really good. And uh, I have a cat too. My cat's name is Lovecraft. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's crazy. My, my cat has what the same name as yeah. Lovecraft's oh, what cat. A coincidence. What a coincidence. Oh, I was wondering how is- long it was going to take to get to the Lovecraft's cat thing. <laughs> I, I'm not joking. I really have a cat named Lovecraft. I convinced my wife. She, I don't think she knows still to this day. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Oh, see how long I can get away with that. Yeah. Well, look at these comments, by the way. Love going furry mode. And uh, by the way, uh, uh, Daniel, I don't know when we talked. If we, if, yeah, I did mention the furries to you, that we had furries on the stream. And they were, you know, very, very sensitive. I had to handle them with kid gloves. And uh, still, one of them ended up uh, bailing out in the middle of the stream. Uh, but, uh, you know, w- w- what are you going to do? That Sell was up great. Sell well, up I'm, uh, I'm that's life. I, I definitely want to go back to the exporting black culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, thing because I mean the things that they export isn't necessarily Afrocentric or uh, necessarily uh, black culture is pathologies I mean we're essentially exporting and selling pathologies and mm. people think it's good because it is naturally uh, immoral and you know for example if you uh, say well alcohol is illegal then all the teenagers will drink it up you know and I, I guess that's essentially what's happening you know uh, we've essentially branded and we've marketed pathologies and now it is uh, transcending the black community. This virus is now, um, it is, uh, I, I guess it is hurting all communities in America and in the West in general. I mean, now we have the single motherhood rate in other communities like uh, the white community and the Asian community has increased as well. Uh, the the overall culture uh, that we have today is part due to the the I guess um, lionization of uh, you know music that just talks about uh, pimping hoes and uh, driving foreign cars you know and it, it's really bad for us spiritually and it's it, it's something that we should honestly deal with right because this is not uh, black community stuff these are pathologies that any community who uh, any community who wants to, any community who wants to make uh, gains economically in a society, they should not be adopting. 
if you look at the trends of what was popular in hip hop, like it's definitely degraded as far as um, you look at like uh, uh, 15, even 10 years ago, it was more on that like hustle grind, get your money, invest in your community. Yeah. 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 Because, because the gangster uh, thing is sort of, you know, aesthetically it may be a bit um, ripping off the Italian mafioso image. Um, but like, at least in terms of the ethos, it's very reliant on family and loyalty and staying like keeping money within your community, keep, you know, building that material solidarity. Um, but at least in, you know, I've been, I'm, I listen to quite a bit of hip hop, at least, uh, you know, throughout my, uh, early life here and, uh, the the early life section. Yeah, the, 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 the trends of where the, the scene, at least the mainstream, seems to be going. It's just like depressed uh, teenagers uh, killing themselves with pills. And it's, it's bizarre because it's this sort of like doomerism. And it's also paired with a um, very emotional, um, honestly, like verging towards suicidal um, uh, stance towards your romantic relationships combined with overindulgence in in uh downers a lot of the time at least yeah, in, Zen, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 the whole the whole mumble mumble culture and, and whatnot but you know obviously that's it's not a totality there's artists that uh aren't uh, you know are, are are making more mainstream stuff that that doesn't fit that mold but it, that's definitely the broad strokes and and the mainstream at least uh the the money making stuff that's being put out it's it's stuck in that rut of like, yeah that's sort of like degeneracy you were talking about and why is it that there's more seems to be an emphasis on feminizing a lot of, uh, you know, hip hop artists, rappers, like people who end up, uh, you know, getting up on stage a lot of times happen to be, you know, like Lil Nas X, for example, like that seems to be. And I think that's also something that they talked about in Bug Breaking is that right first, like this feminization aspect uh, today, like that there was that movie White Chicks. There was like yeah, that's the main you know, thesis of the movie, for sure. The uh, the point being like there is a white cult. I'm trying to use his terminology. Like white culture basically is like afraid of black masculinity to some extent, and has like a form of domination of like this like, abstract other. They need to like you know create these like homosexual or like feminizing rituals of black men publicly. Is a is basically the point of the movie. But and yeah, Lil Nas X would be like one of the main, yeah. would be a perfect example of that. Or like Kid Cudi in the dress on SNL. Yeah. Or like yeah, Jeffrey, the Jeffrey album for what's his face? Mm-hmm. Young Thug. Young Thug. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and from what I get, like, uh, Daniel, like, uh, y- you can go into it as much as you want to. I don't want to dox or anything like that. But, like, your father is a very, like, uh, you know, s- very structured, very strict, uh, you know, like, very, like, masculine uh, figure of authority in your life. Would that be would that be correct? I mean, yeah, definitely. I think one of the uh, great blessings I have in life is to be able to have a mother and a father who are both Christian, who have both, uh, they both have very uh, strong moral beliefs and they've uh, embodied that and allowed me to, uh, uh, I guess, embody that as well. And that's something that is definitely missing in the Black community. Well, uh, I wanted to go to uh, I Hypocrite. What you think of... uh the 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 buck uh topic does the buck stop here that's does that's the, the buck question. stop here but also your recent video on the certain uh, acronym community why do you think that they're switching gears towards uh feminizing the black community now like do you think they're sort of like the last holdout of masculinity or i, I remember uh there was this one 
I don't know if anyone follows Nixonist on Twitter verse. Uh, do you remember this one post? Yeah. Where he said it was a picture of Tariq Nasheed and he said, um, <laughs> the tweet goes years of, uh, cuck memes and BBC propaganda obliterated by one man. And it was <laughs> because I guess now, um, it's like the sort of stereotype of like the, the, you know, the the virile like the porn fantasy of the virile man black man it's like now it's like the opposite now that uh like what what do you what do you take of the whole like switching gears like the establishment itself me uh, no uh, uh well you yeah but i have oh, no, 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 yeah. yeah okay uh, well, wait. There, there's Remember, a lot. for linda yeah, I'll 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 take this one. There's a there's a lot on there. First of all, I I did watch Buck Breaking and like first said, like I was Googling shit as I was, I was like, what this can't be fun. And I, I was like, oh man, there's actually stuff on here, but like what the fuck? So it, it is an interesting movie. I think Tariq Nasheed, is that is that how you say it? He might be um I think he might he might have some latent homosexuality. <laughs> There's I, a lot going yeah, on like there. He's, he's like, hey, what's with these white people trying to make us all gay? You know, <laughs> they're, they're, they're beaming these gay thoughts into our brains, right, everybody? And I think they want our bushies, are like, yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. Um, as far as like it. the the feminization <laughs> thing goes, that I, like in terms of black culture, maybe that. But I mean, like there was Prince in the '80s. You yeah, know, that's true. Th th this is not really particularly new. There's always been that kind of stuff. There's always been like like the boy George and um, uh, even like the glam rock bands of the 80s. Yeah, they, they, they yeah. had that weird mixture of like we dress feminine and we put on mascara, but we're kind of like we fuck bitches and do drugs and we're very masculine or whatever. You know, there's like, yeah, there's the always glam been, th this stuff is yeah. not really that new. I don't think so. I, I don't really have strong. It's. It, I'm very like when it comes to even like talking about the hip hop music and like oh should people be listening to this? I mean a lot of that stuff is kind of trash, but I'm sort of hesitant to condemn art. You know like yeah. Well, like, I, I, a lot of it is quality. The older stuff, mm. like early '90s gangster yeah. rap. Is, yeah, that's the yeah. problem. There's a lot of hip hop I like, a lot of like soul that I like, and funk and jazz and stuff, and a lot of hip hop. And but there's a lot of trash there, and so I get what you're saying. And like when when I see white people who are acting like super wigged out, and is that and still like, a thing? Like, like talking all gay. <laughs> it's you see it now and then. It's it's weird though, and it's it, it, I I'm kind of a wig of myself too. Like like I grew up in that in the '90s. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I have some of that in me. But it's it is weird when you see people really leaning into it. So I, I understand like the kind of apprehension about the culture, but it's tough to say that like. To, to condemn music and, and stuff. I don't, it's, it's a weird mm -hmm. one for me. I, I don't really an, know what to think about it. There's an interesting thing that uh, Rudolf Steiner brought up regarding. Oh, don't uh, put up Fred Derrick. No, Lev, <laughs> you're insulting me right now. <laughs> don't put up Fred. No. No. You know, in this image, he kind of looks like his friend, the one with the black eyes, you know, because his eyes, they also seem like black. You know, the oh, guy you I'm talking mean about the West guitarist? Borland, the guitarist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like he in had that the, image, the contacts, it looks like. yeah. <laughs> if they could do like a Dragon Ball Z style Don't insult West Borland. No. <laughs> okay, anyway. I know anyway. it took him a million pedals to play <laughs> one song, but it's, 
I, anyway, I ironically like Limp Bizkit and anyway, all new metal, what but that's, I, what, that's okay. Mm -hmm. What I want to get to is Rudolf Steiner, this theosophist back in the day. He was bringing up the point that, let's say, in a lot of traditional uh, African uh, tribal religions, music played an incredibly important role in the religious ceremonies, where you could say, like, the spirits were, again, if you believe in spirits or whatever, if you don't, what am I going to do? The spirits were inhabiting, uh, like, you know, they were almost possessing people when they were engaged in this, uh, you know, spiritual dance. And he kind of blamed, I mean, he blamed jazz. Like, he said, like, with jazz, you have, like, a similar thing happening, but it's not under a religious, uh, a, a religious tent, and he sensed trouble when it's not under a religious tent. And I wonder whether he actually may have a certain point, like, when it comes to having a certain sacredness, about music versus having it just be much more uh, frivolous. I don't know. I'm I, curious. It's funny how both Rudolf Steiner and Theodore Adorno both hated jazz, but for different <laughs> reasons. <laughs> Amazing. There's like a kill stream debate out there between Destiny and Eric uh, yeah. Stryker. Oh, God, <laughs> that one! Where Eric Stryker is trying to like argue about how jazz, <laughs> like, how, how polka was like this high art form and then jazz came along. It's really bizarre. Um, I, I don't know. There, you, there is even some spiritual jazz, you know, John Coltrane did like a love yeah. Supreme, which love was Supreme. his. So, um, I don't, I, 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 I love music. So I, it's very hard for me to condemn it. Even, even the bad stuff. I just say, well, that's, I don't like that. But if, if other people get something out of it, good for them, you know? But that is an interesting question when it comes to the kind of music that comes out today. There were articles written about how, I don't remember, is it the tempo or I don't remember the exact word, but like some aspect of music was kept getting lower and lower by the decade. Pop where, music kept getting more, yeah, sonically like what, less what is, interesting. Yeah, well, then would there be an objective way to say like, yes, music does, like a lot of music does suck now more, a lot of pop music does, and back then it was actually good. Like, can we have some kind of an objective sense uh, of that? So, uh, Lyndon, uh, what do you think? I mean, I, I think that it's natural to feel that way when you get older because nostalgia is very powerful factor influencing how you look at it. But I think there's there's still good music being produced today. So. I, I, I think we we spent too much time like thinking oh like, or debating about whether hip hop or hip hop today suck or not, versus the effect it objectively have on a community that um, that uh, uh, adopts that music. You know, you can like something and that thing can be bad for you. You know, the the question isn't whether uh, NBA Young Boy sucks or not. The question is. What is NBA Youngboy doing to the black community? And it is very obvious. Uh, it's un I mean, it's, uh, you can't even debate the, the point that young impressionable minds are consuming NBA Youngboy, uh, consuming these rappers, uh, uh, rappers who talk about uh, degeneracy. And that is a problem, you know? And that whether, um, whether uh, uh, you know, NLE Choppa, is, is valid or not, that that doesn't matter. What matters is that we are allowing impressionable minds, whether it be porn, whether it be anything else, including rap music that talks about degeneracy, we are letting them consume this music without any uh, censorship or any moderation, without stopping them. 
and we are seeing the effect play out in real time and there is something that we need to do but I, I, wonder, though, I agree well, with you but yeah, i, I think that if people have strong good upbringings with fat and shit like that that then they're not going to get led astray by music this is just kind of like a an, an additional symptom on top of what's happening it's it's not like causing the corruption so but i agree like i agree with what you're saying but i, I just think it's not something worth worrying about oh, honestly I, I guess so yeah that's an interesting point because you know like it's not like i don't listen to uh, young boy at all or i don't listen to polo g or, or these rappers at all yeah people who are brought yeah. up with the right values and the right outlook don't hear that shit and then are like yeah i'm gonna go fucking rob a liquor store you know so or i'm going yeah. to go put on a dress or whatever yeah yeah mm. yeah like i i mean that that jeffrey album like that was a great fucking album and like like the whole you know so what he's wearing it he's he's, he's wearing a dress on his cover he's doing his thing honestly didn't have much in, uh impact on my impression of the music um and like i don't know like i i i i think you made a great point in saying that like if people have solid upbringings they can consume things like people were talking earlier about porn you can consume it at a certain level and understand that it's detached from reality and enjoy that you know immersive experience and then get back to your real life and it's just a component of it mm. um, well i wonder but, though that yeah that's true even you like even saint aquinas said that like for example prostitution there is always going to be like some level of it mm. and that maybe like people that have already condemned their souls maybe it's like a sort of weird outlet well do you um, know what the I'm word prostitute here. means in russian not not the actual translation but when you say the word prostitute it means just there it's just there mm. and we have a well. super chat by the way from like a blank name over here who says uh, and this is for uh, a hypocrite who says who is really cultivating these pathologies? Do hoes and money attract culture, or is it hoes and money the culture? Or is hoes and money the culture? It's a net negative. Most artists fail. I mean, I think maybe that's more for Daniel, but I feel like we kind of already covered that yeah. just with what we were just yeah. talking. So I, I don't really have anything to add to that. Um, I and also I'm gonna have to bounce pretty soon. It's coming up on a couple hours here. I'm gonna it's gonna be dinner time for me. So Ooh, I, I can what, say what are you like gonna a, eat? What, what are you gonna eat for dinner? I don't know. I'm not sure, but my wife will be surprising me. But I'm, I'm gonna have to go in about five or ten minutes. So but before you go, let me ask you. That. Um, now that we're on the topic, um, it, it almost stuns me the level of um, pre. I don't want to say the acronym because of YouTube, but your recent video on Odyssey, it almost stuns me that the level of um, organization and, and well, I want to ask you before you go, then also Oren, the, like the, this, the certain community that we're talking about, the uh, starts with an L ends with a plus, like the level of organization and just how quickly things have moved in that front culturally, because like when you think of like, let's say the early eighties, the AIDS crisis, and till now, when like really that movement started, you went from like casual hatred of these people that were sort of turned a blind eye to in the span of like 20 years to having like drag time story hour. Uh, what, do you have a, like a can, like a quick, like not quick, it's never quick, but do you, do you have an explanation as to why? Do you think it's just that they're convenient for like the forces of capital? Or do you think it's more of like a direct, like they were just good at activism or people are more susceptible to like these li wishy-washy liberal arguments like i don't know 
I so I don't tend to look at things as like being the master plan of some puppet master behind the scenes or even just like big organization. I tend to look at things as more like organic and just the the idea that like no one really is running things. You know, this is just the ship's just a giant machine running itself. And back in like 2008 was when we had the gay marriage debate raging. Yeah. And, and this was also kind of like when people were starting to get on Facebook and get on Twitter and virtue signal and be like, yeah, I think gay people should be able to get married. And look at me. I'm so they should permissive. be unhappy like us. Yeah. And, and I feel like, like people got a real high out of that. You know, they got a real like feeling of like, Oh, I'm doing, I'm fighting the good fight. And it just kind of all fucking spiraled <laughs> out of that, man. That's my theory. That could be true. It's like, I think social media has really accelerated a lot of like it, like the accelerationists are unironically correct about certain things in that regard, you'd say. And we have a super chat, by the way, from a Polish ambassador. The actual ambassador of Poland is here on BTR. So Based. it's real. Yes. All this of is it. how this is how powerful the stream is. Anybody that does not support the stream, anybody that does not help us grow. Uh, Anyone that car, doesn't car buy a T-shirt. Yes, karma is going to catch up with your ass. Karma is oh, going to catch up with your ass. Anyway, Polish ambassador Rift says rap, rap is just new battle drums. Recognize patterns. Oh God, is that is that is that tweet rap is, implying? Rap is war, no, it's warrior. It's uh, it's a uh, warrior poetry. We yeah, here. it's it's true. I but, uh, I did want to hear what what Oren was going to say on the. The act, the, yeah, the yeah, Oren, what do you think? Like, do you think, do you think that just this community has able to like strap itself to the engine of capital, or do you think that there was like more um, nefarious forces going on from the '80s till now? Like, because like a lot of this, like even when you talk to gay people, they do like I was talking to a uh, uh, gay stepdad on Twitter about this and about how like the AIDS crisis really kicked off a lot of this. So, what do you think, like from your research? Uh, for my research, mess my my many my many many hours of academic yeah, no. going and in, going into your home lab and doing, yeah, doing yeah. the research. He academically uh, studied homosexuality. Absolutely, it's, <laughs> it's the all, all the research form. is academic. I promise. Yeah. Um, no, the uh, I think it's because there was power uh, available. Uh, mm. I think that uh, there was power in the uh, for better or for worse, the civil rights narrative is now the founding narrative of the United States. And once uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember. Well, what is that narrative, by the way? What like for those who don't? Yeah. It's that the, the United States is, was born in original sin, but is working itself towards the realization of, you know, of the of bringing itself in line with the narrative, the constitution of everyone being equal and having rights. And, and so while it was not glorious gay luxury space communism. In a, yeah. <laughs> so, 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 so as, sorry, glorious gay luxury, neoliberal space, neoliberalism. Yeah. That's the, yeah. but, but as someone else already pointed out in the stream before, I, I think it's clear that a lot of those issues one way or another were resolved, but we still, that mechanism uh, of power is still available. It's still the fastest route to making sure that you can secure it in the United States. And so someone else, some other cause needed to get needed to be picked up. Uh, and that was the perfect one. That was the perfect successor to, uh, to the civil rights uh, kind of claim. And of course, every time you solve the problem, you need a new problem, which means 
you need once once you've got gay marriage that can't be enough obviously there's no power in it being enough there's no power in it being over uh, and so the next step is to find an additionally more niche micro identity the, the next level the next thing and like you said this is what accelerates is you, you in order to get the same level um of of response and generate uh power you need to find you know continually more and more wedge issues which means you're going to get to the out to these edges that we're talking about where now people are discussing you know whether or not to bring their five-year-old to you know watch people you know uh celebrate kink to, at a to torture garden in, in in the uk or something like that are you familiar with torture garden i've here? actually unironically got tickets to torture garden once oh god I why still, I, I, because my girlfriend wanted to go and my, my actually... friend matthew shout out to matthew so he said like it's the most unironically boring it is so boring yeah it's extremely tepid. boring it's not good yeah, but i did for... i did go to torture garden in new york city <laughs> they have one in new york no i don't know if it's normally but it wasn't it did come to new york for those who don't know torture garden is the bdsm uh public festival in england that death and june wrote a song about. yeah it, no you know what it was it was a party that was sponsored by torture garden um, yeah it was like yeah, the first time yeah. they did something in new york city uh wow. par- super boring party uh but my girlfriend likes i always date girls with like costumes so it was basically a costume party effectively <laughs> so it so wasn't was like super exciting it wasn't like the uh this the 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 one party scene in blade 2 absolutely like the rain i wish it was oh man nothing like that it looked cool though yeah yeah but but uh, i hypocrite you have to go or um yeah so in conclusion i think you should bring your children into the goop cave it's it's probably good for them um, it builds character yeah it builds character that's right yeah i, I gotta go thanks for having me on guys um is pleasure and if people want to check out i hypocrite on youtube or odyssey where you'll yeah. find a lot of content that you won't find on youtube uh the spicier content check me out yeah and also right, follow I Hypocrite on, on Twitter where you are, please, I mean, l- literally, like, you won't regret it. Like, just follow, like content. put the bell on I Hypocrite because every post is amazing, my friend. So. You're too kind. <laughs> Bye, guys. Right. Have a good night. Thank you. Night. Have Thank a good you. one, man. I wanted, I wanted to expand a bit on what uh, Aron said earlier about um the narratives or the dominant narratives in in america i too have to go because i'm starving i haven't eaten <laughs> oh what, what are you eating verse can you uh, let us i am i'm details? eating up uh pe- like a peanut sauce chicken and type of thing oh. with like carrots and and uh, mm. uh it, it's, it's like a thai in in uh inspired th- family ordeal. based yeah it's delicious i, I so. had some uh thai today actually we were hanging out uh daniel was hanging out with me and Brittany venti and nice. uh, julia very nice. nice. Like, sounds like a, gra- a great time. Yeah, Daniel, She's also what did you, th- th- what did you think of the person. food? Did you like? Uh, uh, did you like the food? Uh, I had what? Um, what's her name again? Um, I had what was it? Julia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had what she had. Uh, it was like pineapple over fried rice. Didn't oh, like delicious. it. Uh, uh, I didn't really like it that much. It kind of finessed my stomach. It is that it is a a balance with the acid and the basing of the food. Yeah, no, that can it can throw it off. Yeah, this was the uh, Thai restaurant uh, close to uh, Union Square. Uh, I think. Oh yeah, uh, basil something basil. I feel like it's basil related name. Maybe I'm not right. Uh, let's see if I could find it before you go. I just wanted to get your opinion. I mean, if it's Thai food, it involves basil, right? Like yeah, I feel like the name involves basil. But uh, Thai food has a lot of basil. 
Yeah, yeah, typically. Absolutely. I thought us Italians controlled that racket. Oh, no, yeah. Thai you love, don't know, man. They love <laughs> basil. <laughs> they like basils and pepper. Some basil, coconut yeah. curry. Some basil. Coconut, basil, coconut pe- peanuts, and Oh, pepper. it's a Thai villa. Oh, never mind. Th- I've never been there. Okay. Well, that's a. Nice. It, I, know, I thought it was pretty good. I enjoyed Well, let's my say Skinner, he went mad trying to find the spices to the prawn stew that the Viet Cong fed him. Oh, Vietnamese that? is like <laughs> the most complicated food. You'll never yeah, it's keep true. up with Vietnamese food. It's so hard to make that. Like now. No, I like that joke, like the early Simpsons, because you'd figure that they tortured him and everything. But no, he, he there was torture because he could never find the re- the the actual recipe to the prawn stew that uh, they fed Skinner in the prison camp that was guarded by mm-hmm. an elephant, by the way, that That's that funny. ate half his platoon. So. <laughs> but okay, well, I have to bounce because I'm starving. All right, Verse, I'm dying. take care. Have Thank you, Verse. Oh, Thank you as so always. Nice oh, and by the way, yes. follow Verse on Twitter. True. Verse Saloon. Go to Verse Verse's YouTube. And we might have another e-girl stream, which Verse always shows up for. Of course, you got it's so. gonna be, But Verse, you're gonna have to grill for this one. If you have a grill available, it's gonna be the e-girl e-grill stream. So yeah, because I say guys, grill to Oz Opsec. I can grill. Twitter. I'll I'll go find a grill. And follow versus version four podcast. I will be coming back Please. very, very, very soon. I promise. Excellent. People are being uh, more social now. Oh, Excellent. what are you going to do with uh, versions podcast? Is there going to be a new episode soon? Or? There uh, basically. Uh, yes. But um, before people were being skittish after everyone started getting banned on Twitter, everyone got everyone I was inviting. Like I was talking to um, what's his face? Um, uh, Mark Merchant. I was talking to him and a few other people, and they all everyone got like really skittish. Mm. Um, and I came back with default friend, and then I don't know what. That was a great episode. I really like oh, that thank you. one. And then I went to like Miami, and I got COVID, and then da da da. So I don't know. So Miami now I'm was back. Based. Miami was based for sure. So yeah. So now I'm, nope. I'm looking up people again. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, I I'll, I'll come on again. I mean, Hell yeah, <laughs> let's do it. But with default that. Yeah, yeah. But with default, that was a great episode. I really like that one. I mean, she's always a gem. And uh, I was just listening today. I don't know how the fuck they pulled this off. Because oh, well, Lev has been Scalis? trying. Yes. Scalis Scal- memed on me. He made me a literal meme when I invited him on a year or so ago. <laughs> oh, God. Like, so, yeah, I understand. It's very difficult. But they I think they, because uh, they invested in uh, uh, the uh, that guy early on. So he kind of respected that. You know, they it's were. Possible. The fr- yeah. But either way, anyway, Verse, thank I you so much, go. brother. Follow Jeez. versus YouTube as well. All that good stuff. Versus is amazing. Love you, man. And great to the goat. Yes, great to have finally meet met him. So from now, who did I meet on this stream? I met James. I met Daniel. I met Grift. Uh, that is it. So Oren, I got to meet you. And Geo. I mean, I am dying to meet you in the flesh. Well, soon. maybe after the twenty first, we're gonna get into wrestling. We're gonna oils our or oil <laughs> ourselves up. <laughs> Geo needs to fucking escape from Canada, and then he I can know, come hang man. out with us. IRL. I should live with love. <laughs> yeah. uh, that would be amazing. Based. Well, I, I have to go uh, pretty soon as well, uh, but I, I guess I'll leave one final remark. I, I guess I, I entirely agree with um, uh, what has been said about, you know, the dominant narrative actually like tilting us towards power in the ultimate, uh, in the ultimate, uh, the final analysis, like, you know, this idea that, oh, like, you know, our America had original sin and we can head towards this utopia, you know, which is just a uh, double speak for more government control, uh, they framed the uh, uh, dominant narrative as America of America as a civil rights narrative, as said before. Uh, and we know that during the civil rights era, a lot of um, constitutional powers were expanded, uh, particularly the Commerce Clause. 
And so they would definitely love to do that more in, in the name of uh, social justice and equity. But uh, other than that, I definitely had a great conversation today. Very smart. Well, thank you. This definitely will not be the last time I get on. If you guys want to. Uh, I would love to have of, you back. Thank you so much. A bit of a uh, shameless self-promotion here. Uh, if you would like to check out the other stuff I'm doing, you can check uh, my YouTube channel at, at Daniel Eat Friends. That is my first name, last name, Daniel I-D-F-R-E-S-N-E. You can check me out on YouTube. You can check me out on Twitter. I just started that like literally like a few weeks ago. But I got some pretty good takes there. You can go check that out. And you can check me out on Instagram. All of them, first name, last name, Daniel Eat Friends. That's I-D-F-R-E-S-N-E. Thank you guys for having me. Nice. Thank you so Thank much, you. Daniel, for coming in. I really appreciate and I, it. And I hope to see you soon. Yes. Right. It's been great. And I wanted to ask Oren about, um, uh, do you think like, do you take the Coldwell take that it really started with the Civil Rights Act, like the beginning of the end? Or do you think it was just baked into like the sort of American dream as blackpilling as that is? Like what we're seeing now, in some ways it was inevitable as America being this new experimental country, this new sort of like post-enlightenment experiment. Uh, it's it's a good question. And um, I want to say that I, I trend towards the Caldwell take. Um America has changed a lot. Um, Are you being an Atlanticist right now, Oren? Am I being an Atlanticist? I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> Is that somebody I'm, who supports? I'm not the... online enough to. to you're to not a Duganist, that. my. You're not. You're not yeah. a, a Eurasianist. Uh, I. I'm you're submitting aware to the American <laughs> of what you're alluding to, but I really don't. Uh, yeah, sorry. It's, it's all right. It's all right. Go go ahead. I totally do. Yeah, that. I feel like I'm usually pretty online, but you got me, Gio. Sorry, <laughs> man. Um, oh. but yeah, I think that the, the, the country has changed a lot in the last, uh, uh, you know, 60, 70 years. And I think that, um, that, that, uh, post a lot of those structural changes, the way to control the country has changed the way to drive the narrative has changed. Um, expansion of power has required us to embrace a lot of the stuff just like daniel was talking about there mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. and so i think he i think he's he's correct i don't know that we were i i think that state power is always looking to expand i think it's natural mm -hmm. for that to happen and um and because we are a uh be because we are a decentralized oligarchy functionally right. uh, everyone is everyone is scrambling for their piece of power and so we because um the dominant cultural narrative uh, left power in the hands of the civil rights movement. It was only natural that that's where all the people seeking power would converge. Yeah. And so it's only natural that you would see media education, you know, universities, uh, journalism all move towards that narrative. Um, but, but that would be my inclination. By the way, go and read fourth pull i know love you're oh, fucking steaming God. right now go and leave fourth political theory <laughs> by alexander dugan um anyway no but or, uh, with grow you. up grow up geo grow up <laughs> um i i think that there there certainly is uh seeds within sneeds if you will within the <laughs> american experiment that has potentially led to um what we see now is like sort of like modern like hyper-modern liberalism. But I wonder, um, recently, I, I should have promoted this at the beginning. Um, I have this brilliant podcast, uh, System of Systems, with my good friend Adam Lair, 
who came, who has come on multiple times. We were talking mostly about four different painters that we like, but before that we were talking about uh, during um, the discussion of one of my favorite painters, Justin Mortimer, we were talking about this sort of current um, situation with the global lockdowns. And we were discussing how in some ways it's almost like this weird, like um, there's this denial of a total collapse. There's this denial of a changing of order. And the real black pill is if they keep doing this like anarcho tyranny thing forever, where some people um, are, they basically, you know, denote the state of exception and some people are above the law and some people are under the law. It's almost like to deny collapse and apocalypse is to, we said is to deny transcendence because the worst of both worlds is what we have now. We have a sort of decentralized system, but a, a terribly oppressive um, command state at the top that uh, Get Dugan on BTR, he does shows all the time. Yeah, woo, Get Dugan on BTR. Um, we have like the worst of both worlds. And I think that's when, what you're discussing. A, when we get Navzor Ivan at the same time, then, then we'll bring him on. Oh, okay, Lev, is. I know you they have, used to, listen. They, they used to know each other. And, uh, listen, I know, years. listen, Lev, I know you're taken in by the Atlanticists and by the American, the American Empire, but... Uh, no, there's, and, only, there's only but, one Atlanticist uh, that I'm a fan of. Uh, before people this... who believe in Atlantis, <laughs> uh, you know, as the ancient civilization goes. Go, go ahead, Oren, go. Sorry. Well, 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 I also am fascinated by Aquaman. I wonder, uh, but to your point, Gio, uh, the... <laughs> Uh, uh, Spangler says this too, right? Is like a lot of people um, uh, look at the the kind of the the late civilizational winter phase yeah. of uh, societies, and they say this is the peak uh, when it's actually like the end. And a yeah. lot of people just yeah. want to freeze civilizations in those peak in that in that zone, which is just terrifying. Like it's the worst thing to freeze things in because it's always teetering on this edge of, of collapse. Like you're saying, everyone can kind of feel the existential dread of the system, like kind of petering out. And yeah. uh, so everyone is, is desperately looking to avoid the, being the last man, you know, um, but, but they end up being the last man in perpetuity. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I, I think there is absolutely an element of that where you, you are kind of freezing civilization at what some people are thinking of as the height, but it's actually like, the entail that you just don't want to be trapped in. Yeah, but I still don't know what the alternatives here are going to be. I know that's kind of more of a boring subject when it comes to, well, how the fuck? I don't know what the alternative is, but uh, it is an important question because nobody seems to be proposing anything that tangible, and that's what I will always get back to. Uh, like, what would the closest thing you think uh, would be today to an actually working alternative where we would not really find ourselves to be in such a position as we would not be able to handle it? Because people could talk till the cows come home about, like, oh, if only we went back to monarchy. In fact, we have a, from the great Polish ambassador, 10 PLN, which is like, uh, I will tell you how much that is in dollars. That is 2.62 US dollars. Thank you so much. I'm not going to be a Stefan Molyneux because I. I appreciate yeah. all the money that is sent here. I I love every single one of uh, you contributors because you really help the channel grow. Even if the money is fake. Even if the money is fake, it doesn't matter. Tim Dillon is all about fake business, and so am I. Anyway, Polish ambassador says waiting for magical outcome is homosexual. Uh, you know, <laughs> yes. uh, Embrace monarchy. So again, it's like if you were to implement certain systems you think it would work, 
practically speaking, how is that going to actually work? Not in the fantasy realm, but in reality. That's what I always go back to, and uh, I don't know. That's that. That's kind of where I'm stuck in when it comes to how a lot of these things uh, would be solved. Sure. So I mean, like, let let you know, what is the pl practical implication of monarchy? Uh, there isn't one. Uh, so w what's what's going to happen? Are we going to run the monarchist candidate? Uh, no, like that's obviously not. Yeah. You know, <laughs> how, yeah. how does that discussion even start? Right. Like, so what's going to happen is that like people are just going to get bad at running the system. They already are and they're getting worse. Right. And so as things increasingly get worse, what we're talking about is something that will naturally occur, not something that is going to get necessarily put into place. I'm not saying there won't be people who do that. But, you know, this, the, again, this is what Spengler predicted. So that's a lot of people predicting you know, Caesarism is the next step. Right. Yeah. And, and, and everybody can see that in Trump. Right. Like he's obviously wasn't the guy. But but, you know, the left um, sees that in him for a reason right like that wasn't a mistake uh it's because you can see the shadow of what's coming in trump right um i don't think you'll see anyone putting that plan in directly i don't think anyone's got a four-step plan uh to become uh the the new julius caesar um of america but i do think that uh, what you'll see is a natural progression as people get tired of the system we have now and tired of it functioning well but, there, but there's a couple of On things that I question wanted to well, Go ahead, love. there's a couple of things I want. Sorry, Gio. Before I there's start reading things, some Dugan. Um. Yes, exactly. There's a couple of things I wanted to address there. Uh, so, number one, when it comes to uh, Caesarism, or oh, and by the way, four US dollars from thank you, character handing over a cup of coffee saying for you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate thank you. that. Thank you. Exactly. But anyway, when it comes to a, um, a Caesarism or a dictatorship or whatever you want to call it, number one, uh, tell me if you think that this the following usually happens, and I think it does, but you, you tell me like if this is something that's likely, where when you have a top-down rule like that, you would eventually start getting more cronies around the leader who would just be kissing their ass and be not the smartest people, not people who can actually do something in a wise way, but just people who can suck up to the leader as best as they can. And in fact, the leader would probably be searching for people, much like was in the case with Stalin, uh, you know, people around him who are not going to try to overthrow him, who are just going to blindly do whatever he says and also make him feel good give him uh, you know give him the good news not give him the bad news and as a result i could see a lot of um degeneracy occurring from uh that alone yeah lev do you feel like our current government uh protects us from degeneracy of people sucking up to power like like uh, that's no, what i'm saying compared yeah. to, right? no, like, but compared to what that's the thing of course sure yeah so comparatively can't... do you think that the mad scramble for power that produces the absolute blood sport of CRT and gender ideology in elementary schools. Do you think that that is a system that is showing itself resilient in, you know, turning away those who would do literally anything to suck up to power? It's not doing great. But no, as far no, as not. no, 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 but it's dodging the question a bit. <laughs> you know, you're I'm gonna go Jesse Lee Peterson on you. Okay, you're dodging Bye. the question because you're yeah, because you're talking Bye. about you know, yeah. well, what about this? Well, no, no, let's stick, let's stick to this pr pr 
particular subject sure. of this uh, Caesarism mm -hmm. and the things that I identify that, yes, you could say it happens here, but at the same time, we also have people like Ron DeSantis, for example, in Florida. We do have some level of pushback. I'm not going to say it's nothing. I am going to say that there are still a substantial amount of people who are not satisfied with the way things are, and they could actually write about it and not be thrown in jail, as happens in other countries. And again, this is why I want to keep in mind, like there are different levels to this whole thing when you're talking about uh, how much power can the government wield against its own people and what are the fucked up things that end up being created here in America? Of course there are, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what would be the case when we do go full Caesarism mode. So that's what I want to focus uh, maybe on. Maybe we should have so. threw some people in jail to prevent all of this. I don't know. I'm just putting that out there, but it's... Well, regardless of who we throw in jail or don't, specifically if this Caesarism were to occur, I want to really focus on that and what the reality of that looks like, as opposed to what we have right now. Yeah, well, right. like I right. like I said, Yo, also, like I get going. Yeah, we're, oh, we're running. Wait, 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 wait! Before we get going, I just want to plug your Twitter once again. Everybody, follow James MK Ultra Money on Twitter. Uh, great dude. Women posting their L's and. Uh, Check out podcast. fucking check out the merch collab with Griff Shop at Griff Shop. Uh, yeah, I, I think there. I got to head out as well. Um, but yeah, follow Griff Shop uh, at uh, Griff Shop. The O is a zero, and uh, Griff Shop for that collab with uh, James MK Ultra Money. And uh, check out MK Ultra Money podcast. We just had fucking Griff on, and uh, he'll be coming back on, especially if he uh, ends up moving in, which seems like oh, it yeah. might be happening. Let's go. So, uh, but uh, peep the Spring Breakers episode, peep the merch, and. Uh, as always, Lev, Gio, great to see you guys. Great to see you too, buddy. Thank you. Thank yeah, you thanks so for having for me on, in. man. And thank Anytime. you uh, thank you to Griff for coming on as well. So this leaves just the three of us, and uh, we're not going to be here as much, but I did want to hear Oren's uh, response when it comes to uh, what, that, uh, what that Caesarism would look like. Yeah, so well, like I said, that this is again not something that I'm like this, you know, oh man, you know, look forward to this. I'm saying that's going to happen naturally. Uh, when you're asking, like, how would this prevent people from sucking up the power? It doesn't, and nothing ever will. That's something that we need to understand. One of one of the illusions we have is that we is that sovereignty can be like divided that we can like break it up and you know lock it away um this is not the case this is what uh the, the course Moldbug talks about this is what schmidt talked about right if you have restrictions on power the person who's actually in power is the one who wields the restrictions right uh the sovereign is he who decides the exception so if you have a system that places limits of power on your sovereignty then the person wielding the power of limitations is the sovereign um, and, 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 and who would the person, just to be clear, who would the person be that has the power of those limitations in uh, today's state? See, isn't that the beautiful thing about the today's state? You don't know. That's my point, right? Is you don't know. If it's Caesar, you know. It's Caesar, right? Yes. But, but right now, you don't know. You don't know who Yeah, it's that very power. decentralized. Like, there is no... And I'm, not, and I'm not saying that that's great by itself, but still, as far as a certain amount of separations of powers go, I grant what you are saying, but again, if we were to just focus on we are living in Caesarism right now, what would the reality look like versus the reality right now? If we could just, like, judge it based on what is going to happen to Orrin McIntyre, what is going to happen to Giovanni Panicetti, 
you know, like that is what I want to kind of uh, examine here because sure. I, I could grant you all of these things. And I think it's stupid to say that uh, what you're talking about is not relevant and uh, there isn't this problem with these people, uh, like you said before. But let's just focus on Caesarism right now and uh, the problems that are going to occur there and compare them to now where I think we could make some kind of an objective view if possible. I don't think it's going to be like at the end of this stream necessarily, but just kind of like start like attempt to get at it. So I'm curious what you think, Warren. I mean, I don't really know how to predict the tenets of a regime that doesn't exist yet. That's or kind of a tall order. Though. That's, right. Like I, yeah. no, my, but crystal, then why, my but crystal then why ball is people... a bit fuzzy. But then why would people, let's say, and I understand I don't want to put you in the position of somebody who would, let's say, you know, be like, yay, let's bring on the monarchy. But there are people out there who do, which is why I do want to examine this for the, for the sake of those people comparing the state of being there. You're right. We don't have an example, but we do have examples of the closest things. Much like when we talk about communism, I would say, well, if no real true communism has been has ever been tried, what, what would the closest thing be to, uh, you know, examine? when people have attempted I, I, to do that i mean i know? think you're pretty familiar with monarchies and dictatorships right like i don't have to like work that out for you right so like you you're familiar with uh what those what those could end up like you have some that could be uh you know very enlightened and you could have those that could be absolutely totalitarian uh one of the mm -hmm. one, one of them will of course be both the norms of your culture and will be the quality of your caesar right um, that this is the one of the biggest, uh, you know, uh, knocks, of course, on the system is that it's going to be very reliant on one person. This is something people love love to point out, right? Is like if you have a bad, what if you have a bad king, right? Um, but of course, the you know, what if you have a bad electorate, right? The, the, these problems don't go away. Um, it, you have one bad king to uh, Minecraft. You have a whole electorate <laughs> that's been psyoped into. Yes, uh, exactly. Yeah. Right. But, the, it, the, but it is that's my reaction. No, but you that's, know, it is pretty correct, funny yeah. how much this one king, because we could talk about Stalin being a king. We could talk about Hitler being a king. We can say that they were kings. They didn't have the noblesse oblige. In fact, with Hitler, there was, um, a, well, in, in some ways, there was this weird, um, I don't want to say something too controversial, but. Um, Wait, are you gonna go like Satri Devi on us, Geo? Well, no. About speaking of Satri Devi, you know, um, like I think that there's something almost like brutally, terribly artistic in like basically asking a whole populace to sacrifice themselves for one man. But that was a terrible act. That, well, and he Japanese, wasn't worthy of that sacrifice. The, see, yeah, but Jap you can't compare. No, but Lev, you can't compare a shogunate. Or no, well, this is this to... is this is the reason why I'm bringing it up. This is why Japanese... Debbie was wrong, in my opinion. <laughs> well, well, you could say that Japanese... she picked the wrong one. She should have been a, an Italian. She should have been an Italian boo and uh, picked Mus Mussolini instead of uh, uh, Hitler, yeah but... Mussolini. She would have worn the cow costume, still like with an Indian theme because cows are sacred in India. All right, gentlemen, it, it is uh, it is getting very <laughs> late right. over here. So uh... I wanted to read you one thing, though. I wanted to read you one thing, Oren. Okay. And maybe you could pick up the the fourth political theory. This is the appendix, the metaphysics of chaos. And all, it's a brief pass. It's not brief. It's like, but I'll make it brief. And it really explains, I think, the impossibility of getting past a lot of the discourse. So from 19th century and continuing until present day, 
the most important and brilliant European philosophers, Frederick Nietzsche, Martin Heidegger, began to suspect that Logos was the first approaching, was fast approaching its end. Some of them dared to suggest that from now on, we are living in the time of the end of logocentric philosophy. European philosophy is based on the logocentric principle, corresponding to the principle of exclusion, the differentiating Greek uh, diarolis, all corresponding strictly to the masculine attitude, the soul, the lunar, sorry, the solar, reflecting a patriarchal, authoritative, vertical, hierarchical order of being. This is the next page. The term chaos is used in a metaphysical sense. In modern science, we are now continuing to deal with an essentially logocentric manner of exploring reality. So chaos here is no more than a disparative structure as of logos. The last resort results of its decay, fall, and decomposition. Modern science is dealing not with something other than logos, but with a kind of post-logos, ex-logos. Um, in reality, though, it has nothing to do with chaos as such, with chaos in the original Greek sense of the term. So again, this is what BAP says. Um, it's rather a kind of utmost confusion. Rene Gunyan has called the era we are living in through now as an era of confusion. So in other words, all of this talk that we're doing, I think that Dugan and to an extent BAP and to an extent um, other people have recognized that um, we can't really go back to a sort of sacred order of things until we sort of, and, and Spangler as well, because Dugan, you know, besides Heidegger, his greatest influence is Spangler. Lev, get that fucking thing out of here. What are you doing? You're ruining my fucking point. Um, that, is, that is a promo for uh, this Thursday. We're oh, have, what is that? A, a I'm not gonna. I'm not, no, I'm not going to reveal it yet. For those who saw it, you know what it was, and I'm going to reveal the full thing. It's a on koala the skull. Stream. It's a koala skull. No, it's skull. not, Gio. Um, that was last. That, 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 was, that was the, the shed other wife. one. That was the shed wife. Anyways, uh, so the point being is that there's an impossibility of true political order because in some ways, like Spangler said, when we enter a sort of civilizational winter and, you know, Spangler, again, he's, you know, was a reader of Gunyan as well. Then we're sort of like, I hate to say it, I hate, but we're sort of fucked in that sense because mm. we can't capitulate a sort of masculine solar logocentric um, order in our current epoch until things radically change. And it may take hundreds of years before our children's children's children um, get out of the rubble, the, the bricklage of mm. history, if you will. Well, until then, though, we can have a uh, live stream show called Logocentric, which will be a harem anime-style show with Logo Daedalus as the what? lead, surrounded by beautiful women. Logocentric. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I really do need to go. So. Oren, thank you so much, guys. Follow Oren right. McIntyre. And go to my YouTube channel. I keep yes. forgetting to promote well, Giant Patriot. Art Productions. Well, okay, one at a time. And follow Oren on subscribe stuff. Oh, yeah, I know we're going. So, yeah, subscribe to Oren McIntyre on YouTube, Twitter. Go to his subscribe star. He puts up high quality videos. I'm, of course, very lazy when it comes to edit. No, it's like I, I just have to get better equipment. Um, and I'm also lazy. Uh, but Oren puts out an amazing product. He's one of the last, I would say, great um, YouTubers in the sphere left, uh, you know, after all the mm. failures and, and bandings and, and, and of Orin, the old, also, old order. I, and also, also, Orin, I want to give you a big thank you for helping the stream out, sharing the content. I am incredibly appreciative of that, and I am very appreciative of all the people who uh, share and help this grow. So thank you so much, man. No problem, guys. Have a great one. You too. Thank you, yeah. my friend. As always, it's been a pleasure. Please come again. Pleasure. Yeah, yes, absolutely. take care. And uh, and we also have, of course... By the videos. way, Logo was recently on Joel Davis's channel. Oh, nice. 
That's amazing. I can't believe. I I like to think BTR made that happen. Well, yes, but, uh, well, yeah. BTR made actual relationships happen, Gio. Do people who would never have like ever like no, no, in a million I mean, like, years? I mean, like sexual relationships. I mean, we what? like brought. Yes, there were two people. Do you remember? They said that they found each other. Uh, that they live close to each other thanks to BTR. Oh. Yeah. Well, I hope yeah. to think if I have a GF one day, I could probably find someone who's a listener of. Yeah, that's that's how it happens. This is. Oh, uh, cat is girl plan. milk, M or F? What are you? I shouldn't ask that. <laughs> uh, Please be way, a woman. Please, a real woman, not a Twitter woman. Woman, <laughs> it's all in me. Okay. Here I, we oh, go. sorry, I'm being transphobic. I, I mean... Over here. Okay, Turkey Tom. This Thursday, we got the great Turkey Tom with Brittany Venti, Noah's Hugbox. I always say Noah's Hugbox. He, oh, that's so, going to so be an amazing stream. We're and, going and we... to basically do a total vivisection of YouTube commentary, people. We're going to just mow them down uh, like Gatling gun style Civil War. Just all of the e-grifters on YouTube, all the commentary <laughs> people. We're just going to totally own and destroy them. Woo! Turkey Tom. It's going to be amazing. And Noah yes. Hugbox. I think two of the only good YouTubers left in terms, not in terms of like YouTuber proper. Uh, I think that um, Noah Venti and uh, is that an, what is that? A chicken? What is that? <laughs> You'll have to see if you guys want to see what that is. You guys are going to have to tune on this Thursday. Cause I ain't revealing the whole thing until you guys tune it's, in. <laughs> it's it's going to be a fucking Turkey skull or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> please join some balls and join us in the real world yeah <laughs> um yeah so that's what i'm going to say so uh, noah hugbox turkey tom and Brittany venti are three of the only like good uh com quote-unquote commentary youtubers left um people you know i i truly believe that turkey tom is one of the only good people that have come out of the uh commentary community um he, he does quality videos. The video he released uh, yesterday was amazing about the schizo that was into claymation that like uh, uh, basically uh, Minecraft his own cat and, and cats around the neighborhood. And, uh, and he uh, did this crazy thing with like clay. Uh, never mind. You have to see the video. This guy was pretty popular mm. during the whole like Reddit, um, like David Firth type stuff well, back in well the day. He, he may do things with clay but we do things with wood patreon.com slash break the rules see what right. i did there geo and we got i am sending this boy over real soon because we got a patron who wants definitely legit bark 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 lav are you saying that i have a new home yes you do definitely legit you do have a new home okay. and i'm actually going to well i'm not going to get into the details right now but the, suffice it to say we have a great patronages patrons uh, coming out of the woodwork because people have faith in BTR and I have faith in BTR and I have faith in all of you and together we are going to grow. We have the mandate of heaven in front of us. Patreon.com <laughs> slash break the rules. TH number three rules. And when you become a $5 member, you are going to get access to secret places in Discord. You are going to get what well, we're going to be doing a lot soon now. We are you are going to get secret uh, patron-only streams with a lot of very interesting people coming up. You are also going to get a audio version uh, after it comes out before anybody else does of uh, all of our streams. On top of all that, when you become a $20 patron, you are going to get the magnet feature 
featuring like definitely legit or whichever design uh, randomly is going to be created and uh, that's going to recur every year uh, if you remain a uh, patron next for $30 you are going to get a beautiful print from Giovanni Panichetti here is the print in action right now you know it you love it you want it and you're going to get it when you become a $30 patron bra, bra, bra. Not, maybe not that one but like one of the five yes from... The That Few One No GF series. Yes, from the so, TFW No GF. When you become a $50 patron, you are going to get all of the above, ladies and germs, and you are also going to get another beautiful painting from Geo uh, in the Bob Ross style. You are going to get a uh, custom magnet, whatever you want, within limits, of course. I know some of you reactionaries out there know exactly what you're thinking, and the answer is no. A swastika but... <laughs> magnet. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? I mean... Oh, Lord have mercy, Geo. Okay. Uh, next, you are going to get... Uh, let's See. But it'll be you right are... set up the Hindu the swastika. Yeah. Okay, so. you're no, they could just like flip it around. Okay, anyway, uh you are going to get <laughs> you are going to get a uh uh, let's see what are you gonna get you are going to get a uh figure camera from, 40k what, figure yeah, yeah from, from jules, jules hamilton that painted, painted himself yes and you painted. also get a poster print if you of, want one you if you want one this. you'll get a poster print of go through the archive of what poster you want from any stream lev and his father both designed this the uh banner posters you will get a poster print out. so if you want for example you want my visage in my one art stream with paul talk or if you want uh the britney vent if you want a britney venti poster we have a banner with britney venti if yeah. you want a the turkey tom one if you want the aello one uh and a number of other great guests if you wanted a uh if, if zero hp lovecraft poster you yes. can have that if you want a britney venti air vent i can like print out for you like where you can cut so you could just like paste that on top don't of don't even no so don't, don't, don't no 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 no, no cut and paste venti vents. oh don't do uh, um so byzantium <laughs> arcon is, is sun red okay yes i'm sure love's father probably hopefully isn't woke on the sun or red it's okay. not racist, guys. It's just Indo-Aryan European. It's not. Oh, and by the way, just because Francis spirits? Parker Yaki used it does not mean it's a racist symbol. In my we, opinion. We Free Spirit says. When but you I might get banned if you post it under. Yeah. But anyway, we, okay. We Free Spirit says when I break free from my self-imposed poverty, I will become a Patreon. Boys, you guys deserve it. Thank you so much. Thank we Free you. Spirits. And here's what Definitely Legit has to say. Bark, bark, bark. I wish what happened I could be to a, him on Twitter? I wish I could be a patron. I wish I could be a patron, but I'm just a dog. Bark, 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 bark. That's what happened right. to definitely that, legit? I don't know what happened. This is definitely legit now. This, this is him. I'm going to have to ask <laughs> Eve what happened. Eve probably knows. Yeah, I don't know. But, shout uh, out to this, Evie if you're listening, my witchy friend. Yes, shout out to E-Girl Evie. So, guys, this you is You don't call her. <laughs> She'll <laughs> curse you for that. No, isn't e -girl that her Evie. name? Isn't that her name? No, it's Romance Pilled. Okay, I guess I got it e wrong. Girl, <laughs> I'm gonna tell her you said that loud. <laughs> I thought that was her name. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> e girl Evie. Oh my anyway. god. <laughs> She's gonna fucking crucify you for that. Oh my god. Okay. She, anyway. she, I legit. She'll like learn a bob at you for that. She's crazy, <laughs> okay. but in a good way. In a All good right. Way. All right. Anyway, guys, this is the end of the stream. I really appreciate everybody watching. See you on Thursday. Wait, wait. By the Oops, way, follow sir. follow me on Twitter too. Cause look, Geo, you've got like ten thousand followers already. Okay, I'm the one who needs following. Follow me on Twitter oh. at uh, uh, twitter.com/slash. Oh, do we have an art stream this Sunday? 
Uh, yes, we do, but I have to upload it. That's right. So go to uh, youtube.com slash I still have not uh, updated what it's going to be, but it's going to be with the Fed Post boys. They are coming to town, and we're going to be talking with them. Because uh, later, later on, I'm going to be interviewed by them at 6 o'clock at the end of the stream. So, wow. Uh, yeah, so look forward to that. I don't think that's going to be live, though, but uh, they're going to put it up later on. So here we go. Sonny here... didn't leave. He just he got banned, and then he came back. Wait, Shantyman went to Tumblr? Oh, fuck off. I can't believe that. <laughs> Twitter X I love Shantyman. Amazing. Shanty man. Okay. Anyway, guys, this is it. This is the end of the stream. I appreciate everybody watching. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Keep on subscribing right now. Share Both on Odyssey D Live. We yes. never promote D Live. We never promote. No, we do in the chat because I have like the automated. Oh thing. yeah. But yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. yes. Follow us on D Live. Follow us on YouTube, uh, Patreon, Twitch, and also. Oh, we got another. Wait, 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 no, this is an old super chat. Okay, Odyssey. Oh, we, we do have a super chat right from the beginning, which I forgot to mention. From Prudentialist. From Prudentialist, yes. So, Gio, would you do the honors and read that one if you have it? Well, he just you? read, I love, uh, oh, I can't scroll up that far on, on my end. Hold on, I think I could find it over here. One second. Uh, da, 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 da. Hold on. Where is it? I can't find it right now. This is weird. He basically it, said he loved the stream. He loved all the guys on it. And he's, uh, Prudentialist is a great friend of mine. Of our sorry, great friend of the show, and I'm very happy that he uh, got. Was it a kidney or what liver love? It was a kidney. I, it was I a kidney. Believe. Yeah, I'm very happy he got one finally. He had a congenital issue, renal failure, and uh, so yes. he he's what? recovered and uh, he got one. Thank God. Thank God. Uh, Wait, and by the way, look at this. I did not expect this. But we. Have... I mean, kidney. It's kidneys are kind of easier than livers. I mean, you only need one, right? Wait, guys. By the way, I'm I know I'm. At... I'm not downplaying it. I'm sorry. I'm not down. No. By the way, guys, I love I'm... you, Prudentialist. Um... I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this right now. If I if I got this right, which I may not, but I think I do. I am looking at our Patreon notifications. Geo, Geo, guess what's up? Guess what's going what? on? We have. Uh, hold on one second. Uh, we have five dollars per month from uh hot sandwiches hot sandwiches thank you so <laughs> much sandwiches for the $5. rule 34 sandwiches for the five dollars per month i really appreciate it and thank you everybody i really enjoy uh doing this so with geo and your support helps us uh, actually grow like every time you share every time you uh, promote through all the various uh, channels it really does help well, of course out. and we and we really appreciate that so thank you again everybody let's keep this train going and this is the end of the stream good night everybody god bless and goodbye